Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the No Ceilings 2023 NBA Mock Draft. We have a very special production that we're giving you all today where we are going to be doing a normal mock draft, but we're going to be shaking it up a little bit. We have four teams amongst the No Ceilings Collective that have been grouped together. You're going to have Corey and Albert of the Draft Act Podcast. You're going to have my buddies, Nathan and Maxwell of the Draft Deeper Show, the Double Technical the Tyler's from the Friday show, and then Nick is going to be wingman in it all by himself. So those are the four teams. And in spirit with anything that ever happens with a mock draft, we ran a tankathon simulator. So let's go ahead and cue that up. All right, so there we go. All right, wow. Okay, so we have the Charlotte Hornets with the number one pick, the Detroit Pistons second, Indiana, Orlando, San Antonio, Houston, Portland, Washington, Utah, Dallas, Oklahoma City. Then we have the Magic again by way of Charlotte, or excuse me, Chicago, and then Toronto and the New Orleans Pelicans. So that is going to be the order in which we're picking. Let's go ahead and bring on the first team, which is going to be Corey and Albert picking for the Charlotte Hornets. All right. I am... Uh very excited albert to um pop in here and get to pick for uh the charlotte hornets with maybe the easiest decision that we've ever had um i think we have a uh, del curry already running up with the envelope uh, with the pick <laughs> i think we're gonna be good yeah so why don't uh you just kind of tell everybody where we're going it's it's very obvious um i i i don't think we need a long introduction who are we taking we'll keep it short uh we're gonna select the uh alien from france uh if that makes sense how can an alien be from france but um we're gonna go uh victor Wembanyama. he's gigantic he's fluid Mm. uh he shoots the ball well um when you see him up close in person as he's shooting when he like holds it at the top it just looks like a giraffe um, staring down at, <laughs> at the rim. So these are good qualities of the guy we're going to take number one and add to our team. And um, I, I, he's really good at basketball. And that's my expert analysis, Corey. Yeah, I, you said all that needs to be said. You were lucky enough to see him in person. Um, but he has been dominant all year. He's far exceeded even the wildest expectations I think that everybody had of him. He looks, uh, Stephen, as, as you've put it sometimes, like a seven foot five Jason Tatum. Um, yep. He's just an absolute freak of nature. He's going to be fun to watch in the league for a long time. And, and a building block of LaMelo and Victor Wimbanyama um, somehow seemingly seems like they've saved the Charlotte Hornets franchise lucking into this pick so um very excited for the victor experience down in charlotte and um yeah that's all that needs to be said this was a this was kind of an easy one all right well expert analysis um just great teamwork and cohesion on the part of Corey and albert from the draft act show we're gonna go ahead and get uh the next two guys on the clock that's gonna be nathan and maxwell and they will be selecting for Detroit basketball. What's up, fellas? You guys are going to be on the clock. Let's see um, where we go. All right. It's only it's only right that we yeah. uh, we we have the massive responsibility of making the number two overall selection in this draft. So Maxwell, we we've had countless conversations mm-hmm. over at the Draft Deeper podcast about what do you do if you're up number two overall? You have a choice between Scoot Henderson as well as some other prospects who may 
fit the quote-unquote roster a little better, right? Detroit does need help at the 3-4, that, that combo forward spot. Or we could take who you and I would likely deem as the best player available in Scoot Henderson. I, I would I would make the argument for Scoot. I think you take best player available regardless. I think the way that the way that Scoot approaches the game on the court, off the court, we know he's a leader through and through. And the game just doesn't look hard to him when I'm watching him. I know the results may be a little mixed, but he just looks like the type of guy that, that I want to bet on to, to live up to his potential and be a star. Where are you at? Yeah, I'm with you. Um, Scoot's in his own tier after this for me. Um, I understand that like there are certain things that Brandon Miller has that he never will. Like he will probably never be the three point shooter on volume that Brandon Miller is. He's never going to be six foot nine like Brandon Miller is. Um, but he's a lot better at what I call the star player stuff. Um, he was better on pull up twos. He was better at the rim. Brandon Miller really struggled there. He was 29.2% mm-hmm. on pull up twos, 39.3% at the rim in the half court. Scoot was around 58% at the rim in half court, playing in a better league. His pull-up jumper is further along. And I understand like that size gap is never going to be bridged, but we're talking about a, a really special athlete and, and just dynamic playmaker who is younger and has faced a higher level of competition. I'm not worried about the late se- the late season kind of slump at all. Um, it's it's really hard to win with G League Ignite. I, I can kind of understand wanting to take your foot off the gas. And also, he's playing almost twice as many games as a lot of these guys on that G League schedule. So. You're, you're watching the highlights right in front of you, anybody who's watching yeah. this mock draft. How easy, right, some of these pull-ups look, how easy it is for him to get to the rim, how he can defend his position. I just think when you're, when you're making a choice for who you would want to be potentially the best or second-best player in a late playoff series, to me, that guy's Scoot Henderson. Yep. Yeah, I mean – Excellent pick, fellas. Is Scoot? I, if I was picking with you guys, I would definitely pick Scoot as well. So we know that he's uh, had his name in circulations uh, up against Wimbenyama throughout the year, and then later on in the second part of the season, we start to see Brandon Miller push. Excellent pick by you guys for our friends over in the Motor City. Next, we will be bringing back on Corey and Albert picking for the Indiana Pacers. So as we get them up, just to recap, we have the Charlotte Hornets pick one uh, with uh, Victor Wembanyama, the second pick for Detroit Pistons, Scoot Henderson, Corey, Albert. You guys are picking for Indiana. Who is going to be the third prospect taken off the board? All right, Albert. Um, I, I think I know the direction that I personally would like to go. Sure. Where is your mind at um, for for this pick for for Indiana? Uh, this is another one where we have, um, you know, just somebody running up to make the pick for us. In my opinion, you know, we can we can differ on this, Corey. Oh, actually, man, now I'm wondering who Uh-oh. you have in mind because I was going to say Brandon Miller, but, um, huh? No, I'm no, I'm okay. I, I I am in a, a agreement with you <laughs> okay, okay. that that Brandon Miller is the guy for me to yeah. to take here for um the Pacers. Uh, a, a little funny thing. Part of me thinks that the movement patterns of Brandon Miller sometimes resemble Tyrese Halliburton. It's mm. kind of like they're skinny. They move awkwardly um, with the shooting stuff. I love Brandon Miller. Uh, you know, we just had um, Scoot go number two. I do think uh, that regardless that Brandon Miller has some flaws, I think he has a case for number two personally. Uh, guys at that size with his shooting ability are really rare. And it's hard to remember sometimes that these guys are not finished products. You know, if you go back and you watch the tape of Jason Tatum or Paul George or Jalen Brown, or some of these wings that we see right now, 
Brandon Ingram just had, you know, a, a really nice showing in um, the play-in. We look at those guys in year seven, eight, and how finished they were. But if you go back and you get a sense of they really had a lot of things to improve upon and that they did improve upon to make them turn them into the players they are. Brandon Miller, in a lot of ways, is, is already more polished than they were at the you know same time of their career. So mm-hmm. I think the Pacers are, are walking away with a steal here. Yeah, I mean, dude, the size, the playmaking, the shooting um, is all going to be excellent. And then if we talk about the roster itself, right, having the young core of Halliburton, Matherin, Miller, you know, it's it, Nemhard. It's a really fun roster to think about. And I think Indiana, they're, they have to be really excited to make this pick. So I'm with you on that. Excellent pick, fellas. Way to sell us on that pin there with Brandon Miller. So we will be transitioning away from the Indiana Pacers and then going all the way down to the Orlando Magic. And picking for the Orlando Magic is none other than the host of our Friday's flagship show, Tyler and Tyler, double technical, Rucker, Metcalf. How are we doing, fellas? Fantastic. All right, Rucker. So I, I think the Magic are in a really fascinating spot here. Obviously, Paolo Ban- Bancaro, superstar upside. Uh, like, look, they look great there. They look great with uh, Wendell Carter, Franz Wagner, and they also have two lottery picks right now. So at four and at 12, they need outside shooting, but at four, I think this is where they take the home run swing on the biggest upside prospect. Um, and the kind of top names that come to mind for me right now are Jairus Walker, Cam Whitmore, and the Thompson Twins. Where are you at? Yeah, I, I know, Metcalf, we have kind of a different direction of where our heart might want us to go. But I think there's a name that's really starting to creep up into my mind that could be considered almost a wild card for some fans out there that I think me and you, the more we talk about, it might be a really fun fit here. Um, I like Cam Whitmore going here. I think this okay. could be one of those spots where Orlando's in a position where they're going to have two potential lottery picks. Like you said, um, I think you got to either get a nice skill set with one player with one of these picks and maybe chase a little bit of potential with the other. And I think Whitmore, his performance, the second half of the year, you add him with that mix. Um, obviously they have Franz, they've got Paulo, they've got a lot of guards and stuff, but Whitmore's got the upside to be special. I like that fit for him and the magic the most. I think, I think it's a great place where he could go kind of get his feet wet and continue to develop while not having to be the guy. I mean, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I I love it. Um, I think that's the pick that makes the most sense for them, both fit and upside wise. Um, Right now, I love how his shot improved throughout the year. His athleticism is scary. His -hmm. first step is arguably the best in this draft. Um, And then I think he has tremendous defensive upside as well. And we saw his all around game just improve all the way throughout the year as he recovered from that injury. So with Orlando, he won't be asked to do any playmaking, to do much on ball creation, but he'll just be able to knock down spot up jumpers to cut off Apollo and Franz and to be that versatile physical defender that he showed at Villanova this year. So it'll give him a chance to kind of slowly grow his game and then really hit that, you know, potential upside that we think he has a couple of years from now too. I agree. Yeah. I- Excellent pick, fellas, Uh, but don't run off anywhere because next up we have you two picking for the San Antonio Spurs. So with Wimby Scoot, Brandon Miller, and Cam Whitmore all off the board, what direction are you guys going to go for the Spurs? 
Metcalf, where are you thinking here? Because we we got a lot of names that we would want to go with, but hit me with your thoughts. I'll let you start off this one. Yeah, I, my best available player right now is Jarris Walker. Mm-hmm. It's tough because the fit doesn't – it's not seamless, but I he's such a smart and versatile defender. We both know that he has so much more on offense to offer. But then there's the home run swings with the Thompson Twins. I'm a little lower on them. You're a little higher on them. I'm I, I'm kind of torn here. Where are you at? Yeah, it's gonna be tar- it's it'd be tough. Real, you know, San Antonio wouldn't be afraid to try to go for a swing like Jarris just because they'd say we don't care. We're taking the player. But I I think they're gonna go home run. I think we're gonna shock some people with this pick. I I'm gonna say that they're gonna go with the men Thompson. They're gonna take the slide if you want to put it. But I think this is the one spot I believe would be one of the best places for a man to end up when it comes to potential his role right away, the organization allowing him to develop, get some confidence in him, allowing him to play to his strengths. We we know everyone's going to talk about the outside shot, but the thing is San Antonio has a lot of talent that needs someone to put them in a position to succeed. They have a lot of grooming pieces that are young and on the way up. Um, and I think this could be a place that a man would be able to thrive when it comes to playing to what the best part of his game is. It is the explosiveness, playing up-tempo, the playmaking. Um, we, we know also he's got potential to unlock a lot of stuff defensively. I think just going to an organization like the Spurs with Greg Popovich still there, it'd be a great fit for both parties. Yeah, and I, I think this is the ultimate lottery ticket. I have a lot of concerns with his game, mm-hmm. but in a more structured organization and a better culture where he can still be that lead guard, but then be able to learn and kind of insert himself into the structure of the offense and defensive end. I think that's kind of the best opportunity for him right now to really unlock all those skills and hit that, you know, 80, 90th percentile outcome that we, you know, that we hope he can get to. All right. Excellent pick, fellas. Uh, shocking some, sh- not shocking others. Amin Thompson going to the San Antonio Spurs. Keeping it in Texas, the Houston Rockets are now on the clock, and we will be paging in good friend Nick. Nick, where are you at, brother? How are we feeling? So this is definitely an interesting one. I was expecting to have a very different dilemma at this pick than the dilemma that I ended up being faced with. And rather than this being a very difficult decision for me, the Tylers have actually made this a pretty easy decision in my mind. I'm going to go with Jairus Walker here. This Houston team desperately needs defensive help, and they also could really use a connecting piece. You know, we didn't get to see as much of the playmaking game from Jairus Walker at Houston as we got to see from him at IMG Academy. But, you know, this is a six foot eight, 240, you know, power forward who's built a bit like a linebacker who also has, you know, really great passing gifts. We didn't get to see as much of that at Houston, but from what we did get to see of him at Houston, his shot looked a lot better than some people expected it would. And, you know, his ability to get to the basket to be one of the best defenders, if not the best defender in this class, he's someone who will help out this Rockets team in a lot of different areas. And I thought this would be a bit more of a challenge because I fully expected the Tylers to take Jairus Walker with one of the two previous picks. So I'm very glad that he falls to me here. And Houston Rockets fans should definitely be very happy if Jairus Walker sticks around in Houston and ends up going to the Rockets here. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you got to consider the the front court depth that they have. And some people may say, well, how could you take take him here? Well, Nick, you just explained uh, best player available is uh, not a bad route to go for a team that's looking to rebuild quickly 
in the Houston Rockets. So we'll transition away from the Houston Rockets front with our good friend Nick here. And then I'll just be paging my guys, Maxwell and, and Nathan, on to pick for the Portland Trailblazers. Fellas, you guys are back on the clock. Who are we taking? Maxwell, we're I, I'm a little torn here. So we're in a position Portland, Portland has one of those rosters where they, they have a little bit of a need at the three. I don't necessarily love some of the wings that are available to us at this point at pick number seven. I do really like a Cabo forward prospect, as I'm sure you do, and Taylor Hendricks. Yeah. But the Trailblazers have depth at the forward spot, right? So you have you still have Jeremy Grant. You still have guys like Mr. Little, Trenton Watford. You have Jabari Walker, who was a late second round selection last year, who could actually turn out to be a legitimate top nine rotation guy. There, there is depth. And then the backcourt, we, we know is filled. As long as Damian Lillard's going to be there, they still have Simon Sharp. Like, where do you, where do you, where are you thinking with this number seven pick? Yeah, I'm I'm Taylor Hendricks all the way. I okay. am not saying I'm not drafting the best guy available because Trenton Watford is on our team. And I say that as a guy who loves <laughs> Trenton Watford. Like I'm not, I'm just not afraid to draft over over him and even Jabari Walker, who I like too. Um, yeah, I just think he's the highest upside guy here. I think that what he projects to be defensively in time is gonna help quite a bit. And I really think he like sneaky might be playing the three a bit more than we think coming into the league, given his frame given how much he struggled at the basket in the half court. Um, I do think that that's going to be where he plays quite a bit more than people might realize out of the gate, but a phenomenal catch and shoot three, uh, three point shooter, 40.9% on those has a solid one dribble pull up really good at putbacks, just long rangey really guards up and down. His technique improved so much in terms of getting in a stance, being able to cover down the lineup throughout the year and I, yeah i just buy the shot there aren't a lot of guys that are six nine that shoot like he does and the ones that do usually aren't very athletic and can't guard up and down the spectrum the way that he can the most interesting thing to me with hendrix and this pick is you talked about him scaling down to the three position what if somehow he does scale up to the five at, at some it's point right? like maybe, in time if he fills out yeah maybe it's possible he can still fill out maybe he's potentially not done growing we we've seen that with some younger players as well maybe he gets bigger and he's able to play that five spot that small ball five role portland doesn't have a ton of center depth behind nurkic so there, there are multiple ways you can use him throughout the lineup but I, I i agree with you ultimately i think i would take the bpa guy here and hendrix is sixth on my board so perfectly fine with the pick a big Taylor Hendricks fan over here on my end. So you're not going to get too many objections from me. So Portland taking our guy, Taylor Hendricks from UCF. And then that brings our guy, Nick back on the clock picking for the Washington wizards. So Nick long time, no see who we taking. <laughs> yeah. It's been a whole one pick since I was up here. It's <laughs> I'm having a debate between three guards here at the top. And so Asar Thompson, you know, his brother went a couple picks earlier. There are some guys at No Ceilings who have Asar higher than a man on their personal boards. And then, you know, another guy who I've been thinking about, Keontae George, especially given how much of his playmaking ability he showed at Baylor this season. And, you know, that's mm-hmm. that combined with the scoring punch is definitely something that's intriguing to me. But I'm actually going to go with Cason Wallace out of Kentucky here. This okay. Wizards team could really use an excellent backcourt defender, and Cason Wallace is one of the best backcourt defenders we have in this draft. He, as Rucker and I talked about quite a bit on the Deep Dives podcast recently, Cason Wallace is someone who has a very high 
projected floor. You know, he's someone who is great at scoring in two point range, 54% from two point range this season, his three point shot look average, which is, you know, pretty solid given the rest of his game. And as we can see on the highlight videos here, he is just an absolute menace in transition an absolute menace in terms of, you know, stealing the ball, taking it the other way. He's one of the best perimeter defenders we have in this draft and he will help the wizards out by shoring up the point guard rotation monte morris was actually pretty solid for them as a starter this season but he's also you know shown in the past particularly in denver that he's a really really effective backup like one of the best backup point guards in the league so if you get case and wallace you can you know bring him along slowly or slide him into the starting lineup right away have someone who can take the best defensive guard assignment every night so yeah i'm gonna go with case and wallace here for the washington wizards the day overall yeah, very good pick. I, I think a lot of people might think of him as to be a, a boring player, but regardless, he has just been consistently um, good on both ends of the floor. So, Nick, that does it for the Washington Wizards, which takes us back to my co-host from the Draft Deeper show, Nathan and Maxwell. They will be picking for the Utah Jazz. Maxwell, Nathan, who do we got? All right, Maxwell, I have a question for you. Yeah. So this team obviously needs depth and or another replacement at the starting point guard position. So there are a few names that we are tempted to take here, but there are two names on the wing, possibly three names that I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. And Lowry Markkinen's played the three for them this year. And we know that Kelly Linux is going to be back in the fold or likely to still pick up his option and bring him back. But Markkinen can slide up to the four, leaving a hole at the three as well. Taylor Horn Tucker, Ochai Abaji seems more like a two. So there can be a hole there as well. Bryce Sensabaugh is really, really tough yes. at this point. Yep. What Jazz. better team for Bryce Sensabaugh than the one where people that worry about the defense, you can say, hey, it doesn't matter. Walker Kessler is back. Yep. <laughs> right? Like, so... So Bryce Sensabaugh is an absurdly productive scorer, for, scored over 40 points for 100 possessions, did so on like 48, 40, 80 free throw, sh- like shooting splits. This guy fills it up, period, point blank. Um, I like his frame. Like I know that there's a lot of he needs to lose weight, he needs to slim down kind of stuff, but I don't know. I think he's going to be ready for NBA physicality from day one. I think he's going to be able to shoot pretty quickly. And, and he has just an ability to make tough shots. And I think if, if you work a couple things out with him, he's going to be able to get to the rim a little bit more. And I think he played in an underrated clogged paint situation yep. with Justice Suing and Zed Key. I, I, I really think he's going to be able to, uh, to put it all together. I think there's a real chance he becomes a three-level scorer in the NBA. He can I think he is. I think he is a three-level and, scorer. Yeah. So here, here, and I'm in here's, like, here's like the interesting thing to say about Bryce too, but before we cut out here. I said this on social media the other day. How often do we actually get to marry the the two buckets that we try to put players in offensively in terms of both shooter and score? Right? How often do we actually get to marry those two with Bryce? You you do the the, the shooting versatility that he presents. He wasn't asked to be a volume movement shooter, but when he got those opportunities, he made the most of them. We know he's a spot up guy, catch and shoot guy, and then scoring in the mid range. You know, turning facing getting all the way to the basket, being set up by others. He can score at the rim. There's just so much to offer here with, with Bryce. He has the upside of being a number one or a number two offensive option with better on-ball defense and and I think better rebounding. I think people will give him credit for it. And, and the passing. I think it's all either average to potentially trending above average. Mm-hmm. I love the pick, fellas. I mean, going to Utah, too, there's going to be an environment where he can grow and develop and uh, really kind of play more free. And I think that Coach Hardy is going to utilize him very well. 
for the Jazz. So we'll leave Utah and transition now to the Dallas Mavericks, and we will bring back the two times the Tyler from the Friday show, Rucker, Metcalf. Who do we got? I mean, I think me and Metcalf are uh, potentially, you know, shout out Danny Ainge. If we're in Dallas right now, we're doing backflips. And and I, I do like sense ball going there to Utah. But Metcalf, I don't know what you're thinking, but I, I think this falls perfectly um, into Dallas's lap. Like my board for them right now is like, okay, we got the pick of who I would want to go here. So what are you thinking? Yeah, and I really appreciate the draft deeper crew not screwing up our board at all. Um, that was very thoughtful of them. But Dallas obviously did not have the end to the year that they wanted. It will be fascinating to see what happens with them and Kyrie. But Luca's the piece that you want to build around and you want to get those guys who have those two way that two way versatility. And when we talk about that, they have to be able to play defense. That team's defense was awful. So the first kind of names that come to mind for me are Kobe Bufkin, Anthony Black, Asar Thompson, and Jordan Hawkins with just his on-ball defense and off-ball shooting. So at this point, I I think the name that kind of makes the most sense with his off-ball movement and the really absurd defensive upside, I'm leaning Asar Thompson here. Yeah, I, I think Anthony Black's going to be enticing here yeah. if he was still on the board. And I understand because I, I love his potential. He's got the playmaking ability. The defensive tools are really special. Um, but I don't know if I love that fit with Luca needing the ball a lot too. Um, I'm not saying that Anthony Black couldn't develop it that way. And maybe they just run with that. But I think Asar here would be an absolute home run when you're talking about bringing in, you know, I, I have him higher than a men who we had, you know, go to San Antonio earlier. And I think a SARS defensive upside is something people need to start shining some more light on. I mean, he has the tools to be an all defensive type of player. Um, and I think going to Dallas where he's shown the comfortability to be playing off the ball and understand where to cut, where to find lapses, he's going to be a joy to play with a Thompson. So I think going and putting him alongside Luca, the shots trending in the right direction, um, there's a lot of tools, and I think that would just be a sensational get for the Mavericks at 10, regardless of what en- they end up to do- wanting to do with Kyrie. Yeah, and the the offensive rebounding, I think, also really sticks mm-hmm. out to me as well, and that, that stems from how much he's grown as a cutter. I think the spot-up shooting has taken a really meaningful leap, um, and he won't be asked to do much on ball well and he can kind of grow into that skill while playing that really high level team defense really high level on ball defense and really implement his defensive playmaking to its full ex- fullest extent i agree yeah great pick fellas uh the highest remaining uh, pick available from our no ceilings composite big board which is available on no ceilings um tyler tyler we'll see you here soon uh thanks for picking for the mavericks okc is now on the clock which means that i have to bring on my buddy Nick. Nick, who is the Oklahoma City Thunder taking? I have to admit that I fully expected this pick to be a bit more difficult than I think it's going to be for me. And part of that is due to the Tylers not drafting the guy who I very much wanted for the Thunder here. So thank you to them for that. 
I am going to go with Jet Howard here for the Oklahoma City Thunder. I think what we've okay. seen from them in the draft over the past couple of years is they really value guys who have a diverse skill set, who can do a bunch of different things out there. With Jet Howard, you're getting someone who, you know, his numbers didn't look as great the last couple of months of the season because he was playing through injury. But this is a guy who's, you know, an absolutely elite knockdown three-point shooter. He provides real size for them at 6'8". You know, this Thunder rotation skews very small. So Jet Howard is someone who's going to come in be able to play three and probably a lot of four right away for OKC. The defense is definitely a concern. I don't want to, you know, undersell that, but this is also a Thunder team that will be getting Chet Holmgren back next year to cover up a lot of defensive mistakes. You know, they're also a team that was in the play-in and, you know, nearly made a push for the eighth seed this year. So adding someone like Jed Howard who can come in, be a real complement to the rest of their rotation, be a serious floor spacer, be someone who can play make a bit, I think he'll fill a lot of gaps for this Thunder team. And that's something we've seen from them in the last couple of years is just taking really high skill, high field players. And Jed Howard is certainly one of those players. Yeah, hard to argue with that. I think a lot of people might think that a big man would be the way that um, OKC needs to go based on the playoffs, but they have one in the wings with uh, Chet Holmgren, so we'll see how that works out. Nick, thank you for picking for the Thunder. The Tylers are coming back up to pick for the Orlando Magic for the second time. Now, if you'll remember, they selected Cam Whitmore with the fourth overall pick. Tylers, who do we got? The Magic Orlando picking? Magic. Let's 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 dun, go, Metcalf. Um, yes. Coming into this, we had two picks um, with the Magic and. I felt personally, I don't know how you felt, but I feel like we've been talking. I wanted to get shooting with one pick. I wanted to get upside with the other. So where are you leaning right now? Yes, I'm just looking at my board. Keontae George and Kobe Bufkin are the top two names on my board uh, right now. And I think both of those guys kind of make sense, but there's just kind of a log jam there with combo guards. Um, So I'm not sure from a fit standpoint, it makes a ton of sense. I think we just got to go shooting here. We took the home run swing earlier and the top two shooters um, on my board, Grady Dick, Jordan Hawkins. I don't think you can really go wrong either way, but the way that Grady defends off ball um, and given his size, I'm kind of leaning that direction. Yeah. I mean, I'm right there with you. I got Keontae is the highest player on my board. I think that would be a tough guy to pass up um, even here. Um, at 12 for Orlando, I know they got a lot of guards there, but I think, you know, it, it would come down to Grady or Jordan Hawkins for me. Jordan Hawkins is making a, a lot of buzz, a lot of momentum in draft circles. I wouldn't be shocked if you go that route, but I would go Grady Dick here too, because I think you're you're getting something that's more than just the shooting. When you're talking about adding Grady to that Orlando roster, you're probably getting a guy that has great IQ He's a willing cutter. He's really smart off the ball. You're trying to get that complimentary piece where we know Orlando's going to start playing all the time through Paulo. They're going to play through Franz. So you need that piece that could come in and, you know, doesn't need to get force fed, but he can make an impact away from the ball. I think he's an intelligent team defender. He's going to hold his own. And I think there's still a lot of upside to find with his game. So if we're leaving the lottery for Orlando with Grady Dick as a lethal shooter from outside and Cam Whitmore with some scary upside, now you're getting real depth for Orlando to continue to build with, and the future would be bright. Yeah, yeah. just I- just imagining Grady – sorry, Stephen uh, – but just no, imagining Grady – just naturally relocating and cutting off of Paolo initiating from the elbow. I just think that adds such a different element to this magic offense that 
they are really sorely missing. I think Hawkins is kind of a different movement shooter where he's mm-hmm. more more so running off screens. Um, but I don't think that's how Orlando's offense is really looking to operate because they don't necessarily have that pure point guard to set all that kind of stuff up. So I think just with Paolo and Franz being those kind of wing and jumbo initiators, I, I think just the combination of the size and then the the type of off-ball movement that Grady provides, I, I think it's a little more more of a seamless fit. Yeah, that's a great point. Excellent pick, gentlemen. All right, so the Magic have made their second pick in the first round, and we are now going to the Toronto Raptors, where we are going to have the draft deck making the selection. So we got to bring back on Corey and Albert. Gentlemen, who do we have the Toronto Raptors taking? All right, Albert, I, I want to know where your head's at. Oh, um, I think this Toronto team's kind of weird. Um, feels like, uh, you know, there, there's some, uh, there's some smoke about, uh, Nick Nurse not coming back. So I think that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows what happens with, uh, Van Vliet. Um, obviously they didn't have the season that, that they probably wanted to have. Um, I, I think it would be a good idea to take top guy left on our board. And for, I would say, Corey, I think you and I probably have the same guy in Keontae George in terms yes. of the top of our boards. Um, I have no problem going with George because um, you and I really do believe that situationally, circumstance, freshman season, shooting could have been better. Um, but also he was taking really tough shots. Um, I, I think Keontae is going to be a really good shooter. And then like also, obviously, like we're both Anthony Black guys, but um, – if you watch Toronto, they really struggled to score in the half court. And I feel like Keontae is going to be a guy that's going to be able to help with that um, because he can handle and pass. And I mean, the playmaking was better than we expected it to be. And the shooting, I think, is going to be there. So I feel really good about going with Keontae George at this point. Yeah, for me, I, I'm running up to the podium. Um, I know that he doesn't necessarily look like the guy that they typically target, which is like 6'8", 6'9", 7'2", wingspan. But... For me, the way that he moves, the way that he gets into his shots, it's just NBA stuff. Uh, he could play on or off the ball. So if Scotty Barnes is going to be the point guard and he's going to be the guy that's initiating the offense, this is a guy who you can run off a million screens. Um, as a guy who is also able to um, you know, uh, initiate a little bit, uh, he has that in him to to grow his role, but th- there's so many guys on that roster as is. He's also somebody that can come in, maybe take that Gary Trent, take the Fred Van Vliet type role. So they there there is a place in Toronto's offense for him. As he said, we don't know what's going to happen with the coaching situation. They might pivot completely, but Scotty Barnes, Kante George, to me is a, a pretty good starting point if they you know are looking to unload OG and, and Pascal. Um, that's that's a core that personally I'm willing to bet on and build around and you know it's still probably not going to win you enough games that you're going to be good right away you could still build for the future so i'm i'm in on Keontae george i was surprised that he he's been on the board this long um and i think that he's made for the nba and, and Corey, really quickly i, I think bef- what you said before like you know, he's not really the type of guy that they usually take well i mean they've taken a lot of those guys um, and they have a lot of those guys on that roster and bringing in a guy like George who's of, of a different profile than who they usually take. I, I think that's kind of good roster building right there. So um, I, I'm really good with the pick. Yeah. A player that has varied on a lot of people's boards throughout the year. He is the straw that will stir the proverbial drink here for Toronto. And we will transition now from the Raptors to the Pelicans. So we have Nathan and Maxwell coming up, picking for new Orleans, the last pick of the lottery. Fellas, who are we taking? 
All right, Maxwell. New Orleans is in an interesting situation. They are a playoff caliber team who may very well want some roster spots open for veteran help as they continue to pursue a playoff push in the offseason. So we could choose a player who we are both high on and go the quote-unquote stash route potentially, or we can choose a guy who's also risen up to the lottery range on our boards and give them more of an immediate need as far as a potential top nine, top 10 contributor being able to come off the bench and maybe provide a little scoring punch. Where, where do you think we should go for, for the Pelicans? You're muted, brother. My bad. Uh, I was going to say, I kind of want to go with our riskier option here. Um, <laughs> I do too. I, I really I think, do. Yeah. I think what's here in new Orleans in the face is the possibility that, if Zion just is not healthy, what do we look like going forward? Um, and it's never bad to like have role players, right? Like you can have a lot of role players and it can give you a lot of flexibility. They're guys that are easy to move in a lot of cases. Um, if they have a skill set that works in a lot of places, and I think our one guy would offer that. Um, but I kind of think this other guy has that same floor with some with some really high upside. So are we gonna do it? Are we we're, gonna we're, we're gonna set a bunch of people? We're going to go rogue on the no ceilings composite board and take Uh-oh. Lau Koulibaly at, at pick 14. So by our composite rankings, he is 40. By my personal board, Maxwell, I've moved him up to 12. Where do you have him on your he's, board right now? He's 15 for me. Okay, so, so he's, he's right he's there. He's in this range. Um, with Bilal Koulibaly, he is very long. He is 18 years old. He is brimming with upside. This is a high wire athlete gets off the floor has really great hands had a nasty one-handed putback on a dunk in a game recently uh runs the floor exceptionally well really good defensive player when he was playing in in basically the 21 and under league in france had monster defensive numbers and was super productive as a playmaker but when he plays up he's been playing with a lot of poise he's been a lot more reserved um knows when and when not to gamble uh and just moves the ball really well on top of that he he does have a long dip on his shot. I want him to clean up the shot, uh, but he's a really good shooter off of the catch uh, in the games that we've seen from him so far. I want to see more of a pull-up game, but I think he's just a guy that really knows how to play without the ball. He's shown the ability to be a role player in a professional league already at 18 years old. And with his physical tools, I think the sky could be the limit. He finishes through contact well. And to your point, Maxwell, in, in the junior division, he dominated this year over in France, 22 points per game, six rebounds, almost three assists over four combined steals and blocks, uh, efficient shooting splits, a 29 PER and a near 63 true shooting percentage. This is a guy who's ready to keep playing up. That's why he's gotten more opportunities with Victor and and the A-level team with, with Met 92. He's making the most of those opportunities now, and he's going to be a guy who continues to rise up draft boards as we get closer to June. All right, fellas, excellent pick. Shocking the world a little bit, going the international route with the Bilal Koulibaly. Uh, That closes out the lottery with the New Orleans Pelicans, and the Atlanta Hawks are now on the clock with the Tyler and Tyler show coming back on. Gentlemen, (laughs) I love picking behind those guys. This is great. (laughs) Dude, and there's uh, there's a lot of players left to pick from. For everyone who's watching online, you can see our best available scrolling along the bottom. Gentlemen, where are we going? Uh, Metcalf, as much as I'm dancing for what we have the options to pick at, I really am struggling here with what direction Atlanta would want to go with this roster. They have a lot of talent. Maybe some might argue they 
just almost don't have like a direction or we need to find out what route we're going in. But I will say before I send it over to you, at some point you can't pass up best player available. So what are you thinking here, Metcalf? Yeah, I'm, I'm in the exact same spot. And that best player available is Anthony Black. Um, the the size, the passing, the defense, it's too much to pass on. The fact that he's fallen to 15 at this point um, is going to make a lot of people cringe. And I think Hawk fans would be rejoicing if this is the case on draft night because his upside is really, really scary. Um, you know, he's six seven, essentially a point guard. Um the shot is the biggest question, but it looked okay off the catch and spotting up. So if he's playing off of DeJounte or Trey, um, I think that could be a tool. And then he can also spark transition offense and really initiate the offense on his own, whether it's with the second unit or if they finally decide to kind of implement Trey more off ball. So I don't think it's necessarily the seamless, the most seamless fit, but in terms of just talent today and future upside he can't keep falling yeah i I think just a quick one at some point there's gonna be some hawks fans that are like what are you doing and every single media outlet would be like does this mean there's a trade coming and at some point in the draft you just have to attack value and you can't focus on the fit or how is it gonna work because anthony black you know we could have been having him go as high as seventh or in this mock draft. I mean, when you get out of the lottery and there's a guy that was potentially a top 10, top five pick, you have to jump all over that. You'll figure everything out down the road. That's what smart organizations do. And as weird as it might be with his roster place, take it, figure it out down the road. Atlanta's got a lot of questions right now, but we need to just keep adding talent and everything will work itself out. Yeah, absolutely. And plus, I mean, you got the ability for him to be able to pick up tough guard assignments as well Mm -hmm. with the defense that he brings to the table. So the Tylers, they picked for the Atlanta Hawks at 15. We're going back to the Utah Jazz with my buddies, Nathan and Maxwell. And they will be picking for the second time for the Utah Jazz. Gentlemen, you took Bryce Sensabaugh earlier. Who do we got him taking now? I I love that this guy has fallen into our laps, Maxwell. You you and I are going back and forth. Mm-hmm. We we love the fact that listen, the Jazz need a point guard. They need they need to take a guy who can develop into a lead guard at some point. This is our time. Let's go Kobe Bufkin out of Michigan. That Maxwell, he's a guy that you like as well. Tell me a little bit why you think he might be a good fit with the Utah Jazz, both in the short term and the long term. Yeah. So I think I think short term it's just like a nice you kind of get your guard of the future in the mix. Um, I think one thing that gets overlooked with Kobe Bufkin is he is freshman age. He's younger than a lot of the guys who we're talking about mm-hmm. as freshmen. Um, and he can really shoot it. You know, we got knocked for not taking Anthony black for a team that already has Dyson Daniels. Who's the same guy, but better, uh, but with Kobe Bufkin, I, I think he has a little bit more upside as a guy who can play off the ball. Uh, just strictly talking in terms of that skill set. He's a really good catch and shoot three point shooter. He has some wiggle to him to get downhill. He's very efficient finishing at the basket. I have some concerns about his frame because he is really skinny. And I think that's going to hurt him defensively a little bit more out of the gate than, than we might like to admit. Um, but I do think he's really good at the basket. He's going to be able to get to his spots. His vision is really good. He can finish with both hands and he can pass with both hands, which I like a lot. And then defensively. Yeah. He brings a lot of nastiness. There's some weak side room protection in there good in passing lanes. There's, there's, there's just a lot to like very well-rounded player. 
I think to your point about the frame, it is technically a concern, but he's a great finisher around the basket, Maxwell, because of the angles he takes to get there, right? Mm -hmm. Like he, he shields himself from defenders. He doesn't allow his shot to be blocked all the time. So if he's finding ways to avoid finishing through contact and he has the soft touch around the basket, once he gets there, then, then what concerns are we talking about? I do like his point of attack defense. I like that he's six foot four. He's been a better pick and roll guard than given credit for this year by the numbers. He just does so many different things. Well, and to your point, he's young enough to where he can still continue to develop and, and keep getting better. So maybe he very well is that lead guard of the future. But just given some concerns that we have with guys like an Anthony Black, I'm even coming in a little bit lower than I was at one point on Jalen Huchifino. I feel the best mm. about a, a guy like Kobe Bufkin. Sorry, Steven. It happens. It, it happens, man. But hey, ultimately, I get the pick and it makes a lot of sense for the Utah Jazz. Um, great rebuilding on your guys' part for, for their efforts. And now we're going to go to the Los Angeles Lakers and we got to bring Nick back on. Nick, who do we have the Showtime Lakers taking with this pick? This is the easiest pick I've made today. I am sprinting up to the board to select Jordan Hawkins for the Los Angeles Lakers. They were 25th in the league in three-point shooting last season. Jordan Hawkins is one of the best, if not the best, movement shooters in this draft. He will provide them instantaneously with someone who can generate a lot of off-ball offense for them as someone who's you know excellent at relocating. He's sneaky underrated as an athlete. He doesn't actually you know use his vertical pop around the rim as much as you might think, but he can throw down some serious dunks too. So definitely in terms of future potential, you know, if he can improve his at rim scoring, then he's even more lethal as an offensive player. And on the defensive end, I really, really buy into Hawkins as an off ball defender in particular, but you know, especially as an off ball guy, but someone who can really be a positive defensive piece for them too. You know, he's got great two way potential. And again, really what this Lakers team needs most, even after the Malik Beasley pickup at the trade deadline is shooting, shooting, shooting. And Jordan Hawkins is one of the best of that in this draft. I mean, how fitting is it to that? The team that had been rumored for Buddy Hill for quite a long time is now <laughs> taking Jordan Hawkins at this pick. So great job on your part, Nick. So now we're going to go from LA to Miami heat. We have Pat Riley and company picking, a.k.a. Corey and Albert of the Draft Deck Show. Corey, Albert, who do we have the Miami Heat taking? Um, <laughs> well. <laughs> you sound very sure of yourself right now. No, I mean, but I mean, I think the first thing Corey and I have to say is, I mean, j somehow Jalen Hitchfino is still on the board. Um, that's kind of crazy. I have him 10th on my board. So the fact that he's still here, um, is interesting. I, I mean, Kyle Lowry, like it do be like that sometimes. Um, the Miami, I mean, with Kyle Lowry, really tough season with injury came in, in the play and had like 29 in the game and everyone was really excited about that, but that was an outlier. Like he had a really tough season. Um, we have to talk about Huchafina, but also Colby Jones is there. And I, I kind of mm -hmm. wanted to throw in a, a wild card because, you know, Miami, they have Bam, but other than Bam, I feel like they could use some size. And I, I wonder, is this too early to start talking about a guy like Derek Lively um, was what, what I wanted to throw in there as well. Well, I'm going to throw in another wild card. I think organizationally, I feel like they could do a lot with Max Lewis. There's a good one. Who is a high potential guy, but ultimately, and I think, you know, one of the things that they they need that I think they were hoping that they would get a little bit from Kyle Lowry is they need a big guard who can create his own shot and get other guys involved. And, and that's why you go out and, and you draft and you trade for a, and pay a, a Kyle Lowry. So I, I don't know what the plan is going forward. Are they going to rebuild? But even if they do, 
Tyler Hero and Jalen Huchifino, I think, could both play in the backcourt together. Um, I think Huchifino ultimately is going to be better as a spot-up shooter. I think we go best player available here. And I think we, you know, we don't um, uh, overthink this too much. And and we take uh, JHS to uh, give him the Miami Heat treatment, uh, give him a little bit of Jimmy Butler uh, Academy, personally. I, I mean, that that's a pretty good idea for him, right? I mean, something that he struggled with in his uh, freshman season was consistency, right? And so kind of getting in there with Jimmy Butler and getting yelled at a lot may help that. Um, (laughs) He ended up becoming a little bit more consistent. No, but I'm with you, Corey. I I think the size, him being a big guard and the playmaking with him, the mid-range pull-up shooting with him, all that stuff is really fun. And I think um, over time, you know, him being in that system, playing for Spolstra, I think is a really good idea. The only reason why I even brought up Colby Jones is just because, you know, how much I love him. But, you know, if it's kind of like a win now type of situation, he's a guy who I think could definitely help help now. But um, I also feel the same way about Huchifino and he's higher on my board. So that just it's the right pick. You're not going to get any objection from me as a commissioner. I love this pick for Miami. And thank you guys for taking him off of the board. We're going to transition from the heat to the Houston Rockets. We had them picking earlier with our good friend Nick, and he is going to be back on the clock continuing to rebuild what's going on in Clutch City. So, Nick, who do we got him taking? So I had them take Jairus Walker with their first pick here, and my reasoning behind that was, you know, someone who can really bolster their defense and also be a connecting piece on offense who can help them in a number of different areas where they've struggled. And, you know, it's a very different archetype of player, but a sort of similar philosophy here. I'm going to go with Colby Jones here for the Houston okay. Rockets. You know, they need someone who can, you know, just be a high IQ, mature, really solid gap filler for them. You know, Colby Jones is someone who's really improved his shot this year. He's someone who can be a really positive defensive piece. And, you know, the biggest thing for them, he's also a really great playmaker on the wing. And, the Rockets did not have much in the way of playmaking for others on their roster this past season. So I think, you know, given that they selected Jarris earlier, I want to give them Colby Jones here as, you know, someone else who can fill a lot of gaps for them and connect the rest of the offensive pieces on this squad. And I love it too, because typically we've seen Colby go to winning organizations. So I think this is the first time I've, I've seen him go to a team that still has a lot of room to grow and improve, but I do greatly enjoy that pick closing up for the Houston Rockets in the first round, Jarris and Colby. We are now going to go to another winning organization, the Golden State Warriors. And I got a call back up, draft deeper, Nathan and Maxwell. You are picking for the defending champions. Which way do they go? All right. So we get to make a selection for the Golden State Warriors, Maxwell. This, this conversation actually took a pretty easy turn for us. We, we came to yeah. a pick pretty quickly. So tell them... Tell the audience why the Golden State Warriors are going to be taking Derek Lively in this exercise. Yeah, we kind of think that Derek Lively might be what they thought they were getting when they got James Wiseman, which is a guy who can really guard, uh, switch out onto smaller players and protect the rim. He's got a really, really good nose for for blocks. He became a much better rebounder as the season went along. And I think what I like about this fit with Lively a lot is he became a very good offensive rebounder and he became a very good passer off the offensive rebound, which is going to be a huge, huge skill to have when you're playing with guys like Steph Curry and and Clay Thompson and Jordan Poole. So um, he's a little maintenance. I think because the frame, it may be a little tough for him to play immediately um, depending on the lineups, but 
Um, I, I think he's a really good player to have long-term. Like I just think straight up he has an NBA skill set with what he does as a play finisher, rebounder, shot blocker, and with his defensive mobility. But if, if there is a way that he is able to get onto the floor immediately, um, he would be a stellar fit out of the gate too. So it's kind of a, a two for one. If he hits immediately, even better. If not, you still got a good guy. I think what Lively proved to us later in the season at Duke was that he has a much higher feel for the game than we wanted to give him credit for. And if you're going to play with the Golden State Warriors, you have to have a certain level of feel, right? You mentioned the the passing off offensive rebounds, the short roll playmaking with Lively. I mean, that, that ball is just whipping right out of his hands. It's like he's playing hot potato with it. So that that type of player for the long term, to me, would fit what Golden State needs. And, and to your point about Wiseman, I think Wiseman just didn't have that level of feel that they wanted in Golden State. Wasn't the right fit for that system. I think Lively is a much better fit potentially long term. Golden State proving that they are never scared. They're going back to the well for another big man. And Draft Deeper, you guys will be back on here in a little bit. That being said, we're going to have the Tylers on for the first time on this mock draft. Two consecutive picks for the same team. Still plenty of good players on the board, gentlemen. How do we have the Nets rebuilding here? Yeah, and I, I this is kind of a tricky spot. Um, so mm-hmm. Nets obviously made the huge moves at the deadline. Uh, Mikhail Bridges is looking like a stud, but the efficiency is starting to fall off more towards, you know, the end of the season. Um, so while I think he has shown that he has way more on-ball equity than maybe initially thought, um, I still don't think he's quite that guy. I think relieving some of that burden with either pure point guard who unfortunately isn't on the table here right now um or you know just more kind of versatile wing shooting and scoring um is the route to go would have really liked Derek lively here to kind of improve their size and defensive versatility the top names that kind of come to mind for me right now rucker are max lewis gg jackson adam bona julian strother and trace jackson davis yeah, it's a tough little spot. Um, I feel like me and you were talking backstage and we liked all three guys that were just on the board. Yeah. Um it was pretty rude. So it's pretty it's pretty tough, <laughs> but that's also how you know it it do be like that, to quote Steven. Yeah. I think I would go Gigi here because I, I think if you're getting a home run swing at 21 of a guy that could potentially return top 10 value. Um, and you got two roll, you know, you're at the craps table, you got two roll of the dice. I think Gigi's gonna be a worthy pick right there. Um, we know how much talent he has on the offensive side of the ball. And um I think me and you, Metcalf, have talked before. Like, if you get to a certain point in this draft, you cannot pass up the potential for him to be a superstar offensively. Now he's got a lot of stuff he's got to iron out, yep, but Based on pure talent alone, this is the top 10 talent in this draft, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. And just the, the scoring versatility, the off-the-bounce stuff, the athleticism is all really pretty evident throughout the year. I really buy the shot long-term. Um, I, I think in an NBA context um, where he's not the guy, I think the shot selection gets cleaned up a little bit. Um you know, there, there, there were flashes of good defense. It's all just how quickly does the youth, the youthful mistakes kind of get ironed out of his game because there is a ton of upside with him. It's just how quickly is he going to reach it? I completely agree. And then now we have to figure out another pick. So but we'll let Stephen yes. go first so we can try to brainstorm this. All right. So y'all picked for the Brooklyn Nets via the Phoenix Suns and the Kevin Durant trade. 
the OG pick that the Nets have for this uh, draft is now up at 22. Fellas, who do we got? Now, this Metcalf is where I get a little crazy because I, you could talk me into about 10 guys here. Um, I, You know, looking at their roster, you know, Dinwiddie's there. Michael Bridges obviously looks like he's now your your guy. You're, you're going to war with Michael Bridges moving forward if you're the Nets. I, I still love Cam Johnson. Nick Claxton's looked fantastic this year. So what direction do we go in? Do we try to get a, a depth piece or someone that could play along Claxton? Do we try to maybe add to our backcourt? Or do we just keep building out the depth and um, figure everything out later? So I, I don't know. Where are you thinking? I personally, I'm leaning more towards adding that kind of depth behind Claxton and mm-hmm. kind of bolstering the second unit, um, interior defense and physicality and rebounding and all that. So I'm leaning towards a Dembona who is admittedly really raw, but I think he has tremendous defensive upside, but we just took a big home run swing with Gigi. I'm not sure we want to do that with both of the first round picks. And then the other name right now that I kind of fall to is Trace Jackson Davis. I'm I'm there with you. Let's do TJD. I, I feel like that's a safe mm. pick. Um, and if you're Brooklyn and you leave like what, what we talked about with Orlando earlier, you leave with a swing, which could really pay off with a return of investment with Gigi Jackson. And then you get TJD, who I think could be one of the steals in this first round, regardless of where he goes. I was absolutely impressed with his year this year. And I, Maybe you could play Claxton and him together at some lineups. You never know. If you have shooters all over the place, they might be able to work. So I like the fit. I think me and you have talked about TJD this year. The the development he took as a playmaker was absolutely sensational. Yeah, and he's one of the springiest athletes in this draft. The rim protection is absurd. Incredible rebounder, strong hands. But the, the playmaking just gives him a whole different dynamic to his offense um and it can allow the nets to initiate their offense from different areas of the floor and take some of that burden off of spencer dinwiddie and michael bridges and cam johnson and cam thomas where now they can feed it to him at the elbow or or in the post or at the top of the key and then he can set them up for easier scores so i I think it adds rim protection rebounding and a bit of versatility to their offense that they don't really have right now Completely agree. And Brooklyn's at a spot. You got to start building your roster. You got to get depth pieces. You got to get, you can't just be swinging for only stars. You got to be getting guys that could, you know, give you good minutes in the rotation. And I think leaving with TJD and a star swing like Gigi would be fantastic. Yeah. Fire and ice right there between the two picks. I love it, fellas. So my buddies, Tyler and Tyler are leaving. My buddies from draft deeper are back on the clock with the Portland trailblazers earlier portland picked taylor hendrix and now they're on the clock again fellas how are we finishing up portland's uh, first round here uh maxwell and i are doing backflips right now because mm-hmm. the, the the two guys before us they did not add to their wing depth and now we get to right we get to give the portland trailblazers a player like max lewis out of pepperdine and this is a guy who he may still be a little raw coming into the NBA, but let's not overthink the the six, seven wing who's still rated out above the 60th percentile on both offense and defense right on the 91st percentile as a catch and shoot guy. We know he's a rim finisher. He has an interesting mid post game. He, when I watched him Maxwell, and I'm curious to get your thoughts on this comment. He just, he looked like he doesn't realize how good he can be in the NBA. He's still figuring out a ton. You, you, you talked about him. You wrote about him actually earlier in the season mm-hmm. about how he doesn't have, 
a ton of high level playing experience beneath where he's at right now. So he, he just seems like one of these upside swing guys where you're, you're very happy if you're getting a talent like him on the wing at 23. Yeah. He is just a ball of clay with a phenomenal attitude. When I spoke with him, I was just blown away by how humble he was as a person. Like he knows that he needs to put in the work. And I think that's the difference between a lot of these guys. When you're, when you're taking an upside swing like that, that is a huge difference when you have the guy that, that knows that they have work to do and the guy that doesn't. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he was 44% on catch and shoot threes. He's really good at the rim, takes big, long strides, to get to the basket. I don't worry about him being bitter inch heavy in college. Cause I think he knows that that's not going to be his game at the next level. It was just the role he had to play at Pepperdine. Um, yeah. The defense can be a real mess at times. Sometimes he doesn't really put in the effort to stay in front, gets a little bit lost, but I think a lot of that was even, sort of accentuated by the fact that they had terrible rim protection on Pepperdine. Yep. So when he did get beat, there was no one behind him. And, uh, you know, not to say it's not an issue, but I think in, I think it looked a lot worse than it would have. For, and I think a lot of other guys would have looked worse in that same setting. Um, but the tools are all there. The tools are all there and he wants to put in the work. And I, I just think it's going to come together. For and, and offensively really quick. Pepperdine mm-hmm. didn't have a lot of guys who moved the ball at a high level, right? It was, mm-hmm. it was a, your turn. My you could have just offense. said guys that move the ball. <laughs> and now yeah. he gets to go to Portland and play with uh, Damon Lillard and Anthony Simons, two guards who out of pick and roll play, they know where to get the ball uh, to guys who need shots created for them. So. Absolutely. Love the pick guys took the best player available all the way down at 23. Cannot go wrong with that. So we'll, we will leave Portland and go to, Probably the most heartwarming story in all of the NBA this year, the Sacramento Kings. And how much more heartwarming can it get for our resident Kings fan to make the pick? Nick, who do we have your Kings taking? Man, this is the most I have struggled with a pick so far in this mock draft. There are a lot of options that I really like here. Unfortunately, there are a couple guys that I was definitely looking forward to potentially getting here that just went off the board. So, you know, great drafting everybody else. Thanks for that. But I think ultimately I am going to go with CD Sissoko here. He's someone who we've mocked to the Kings a number of times already this season. And I think there's a lot of good reason for that. CD Sissoko, you know, six, eight exceptional transition wing, you know, his scoring really improved over the course of the season. You know, we watched his shooting numbers look a lot better. We watched him have a few, you know, 20 port scoring outbursts down the stretch run of the season, you know, playing in one of the best professional leagues in the world with the G league ignite. And, I think that he goes to the Kings and, you know, if Harrison Barnes does not end up re-signing, then I think there's a much bigger window of opportunity for Sissoko. But even if Harrison Barnes does stick around, I mean, I would be incredibly happy to give all of Terrence Davis's minutes to CD Sissoko right away. He's, you know, again, an exceptional playmaker, someone who, you know, also has really great off-ball instincts. And with the motion offense that the Kings have started running this season. I think he's someone who could fit into that concept incredibly well, incredibly quickly. He's someone who's going to make all the right reads and is also going to make, you know, some of the more difficult passes and he can finish well enough around the rim to sort of complement the rest of his skill set. I think that he would be a great ad for the Kings rotation, regardless of whether or not Harrison Barnes sticks around. But if Harrison Barnes does end up leaving, then I think, there would be an even larger window of success for CD Suzuko to potentially fit in. So, you know, he's probably a bit lower on most people's boards than this, but I think there's a really great fit here with the Kings and I'm very excited to get him for them 24th overall. I'm excited that you're buying into Sissoko possibly being able to play the four, which is something I've been pushing all year long. Uh, Congratulations on the success for your Kings. Great pick. And now 
Corey and Albert have the very difficult job of making three straight picks for three different organizations. Fellas, the Memphis Grizzlies, a little bit of an up and down year. Who do we have them taking? Uh, sorry, go ahead, Corey. No, 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 Albert, you go ahead. No, I was going to say we're making four out of the next five picks. So I thought Corey might as well hit the intro music, you know, say, what's up, everybody? <laughs> it's your boys, you know. <laughs> Welcome to the Draft Back Podcast. Yeah, let's go. Uh, but, okay, here we go. Memphis. Weird. Well, no, I keep using weird, but it's just a good roster, right? We're getting to the, to the point where these are good teams and they've got a lot of players on their teams that are good. Um, I, I don't know, Corey. My head was at Chris Murray. I'd love to take Chris Murray. I mean, he's he's still sitting there. Here's I wonder. Okay, go ahead. I I think that Memphis is in the advantageous position where they could take a more of what we would consider a swing. Yeah, Nick's uh, they have a ton of guys who are already, you know, your mm-hmm. consummate like produced in college. Uh, I think that we should go with Nick Smith for the Memphis yeah. Grizzlies here. It's yeah. value. Um, he he does have real shooting ability he can play off the ball you're putting the ball in jaw's hands so you're you're not making him that point guard that people thought he could possibly be but you are giving a a team another option to potentially get um a real scoring threat who can you know score on or off the ball so i i think this is the spot for nick smith no i'm with you and this gives him the opportunity to kind of work on his game and to develop at a slower pace um kind of i don't know i they're not direct comps in terms of players, but I mean, maybe it's like a Zaire Williams type of thing where uh didn't have the best freshman season, but you bring him in and you bring him into that infrastructure that they have there in Memphis and you kind of let him develop at his own pace. Um, so I have no problems with this pick. Um, my only, I was just thinking Chris Murray, just because solid player, solid wing, you bring him in, he can may potentially bring you something off the bench, but um, I, I think you're right. With, with where they are and with the roster that they have bringing in a guy and Nick Smith jr is also the highest guy left on my board as well. So it just makes sense. Yeah. And I think, you know, with Murray, like they have LaRavia waiting, they have Roddy, like they got a lot of these guys already in that spot. I, I think Nick Smith offers them something that maybe is a little bit harder to, to get at, and, at this part of the draft. And really quickly, I was also thinking about bigs here too. Um, if they could get in like a, a center, um, as well, I, I was kind of thinking in that, but then again, like I don't know, Bona, Clowny, I'm not sure. So Nick Smith, good, good choice here. Yeah, I love it. Best uh, player available, upside swing, and they have let some of their guards go in the previous few um, off seasons. So you guys are on the clock again, picking this time for the Indiana Pacers, who you had them selecting Brandon Miller, number three. How can mm-hmm. the rich get richer here, gentlemen? <laughs> Man, uh, yeah, it, if it's a good time to be the Indiana Pacers, right? Um, I I kind of like Murray here for them. Um, some other guys that I think would be interesting. Um, repair? I think Repair would be a, mm. certainly an interesting guy to, to consider. Um, I mean, this could be... You can you could talk me into a, a Strother or a Terquavion Smith. Um I think there's a lot of options. What What is your your heart telling you right now? My heart is telling me, like I like Hawkes too. Like we, yeah, we, we, we love Hawkes. Um, Hawkes could be a great pick here. Um, I don't mind the Murray pick at all. I like oh, Murray. Whitehead. Whitehead's still there too. Um, but okay, I it, I'm I'm cool with Murray. I, I tried to take him to pick before, so that's no problem. Yeah, I I mean, look, Chris Murray's really good. I've seen him 
uh, live a, a back-to-back years a couple of times. I think that this is a guy, when we look back, he's going to be really undervalued. And, you know, when we talk about, oh, he doesn't have maybe some of the same creation ability that, that Keegan has, well, on this team, he's he doesn't have to. He could just make smart plays, um, swing between, you know, maybe the, the, the forward spots, defend really efficiently, score really efficiently, and just be like a consummate role player that that kind of helps you reach a level where I think, you know, they they kind of want to be good. You know, you don't want to waste a player like Tyrese right. Halliburton. They want to start, you know, building that momentum up uh, a little bit. And I think, you know, we're kind of off to a, a good start and helping them do that here with Brandon Miller and, and, and Chris Murray. No, I, I mean, as you mentioned, right, playing with like Nemhard and, you know, Halliburton, Matherin, whatever, having another big, solid wing like Murray, who, I mean, the three-point shooting percentage wasn't uh, super high, but I mean, look at the stroke. I mean, you're playing it here on the screen. The stroke looks good. He's a big dude. Um, adding a solid and like the, just a profile of guy that he is, I feel like he'll fit in perfectly with, you know, the different, the other alphas on the team. So I, I, I like the pick. I, I think we're good here. Yeah, played a lot of five for Iowa. And if anything, this just proves that Chris Murray can be mocked somewhere else other than the Sacramento Kings, where we had our Kings fan actually pass him up to let y'all pick him up at 26. And now at 27, guys, you guys are running a great marathon right now. Um, picking second for the for the second time for the Charlotte Hornets, who took Victor Wembanyama earlier. How do we have the Hornets rounding out their first round, guys? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Charlotte's playing with house money at this point, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, they can go in uh, a number of directions here. But I think something that we should consider with Charlotte, they have Victor Wimbanyama. Mm-hmm. They have um, LaMelo Ball, right? Mm-hmm. They have guys that are going to make them enter the conversation for teams that are going to compete now and in the future. So I'm not saying that this isn't the time to, you know, if if there's a good player available to just, you know, swing for the fences, whatever. But they they, they need a good basketball player too, like they they, they need guys that are going to be on cheap contracts, almost mm. like when you draft a really good quarterback and you want to be able to surround them right. while they're on a cheap deal. That's what you're going to get with Victor, who's probably going to be the best contract in the league the minute he steps on the floor, right? So I I think when we consider we we need to you know maybe go for somebody who is going to be a hit um, that way that they can concentrate on filling out depth and taking chances, maybe in free agency elsewhere. Oh, I, I thought you were going to follow up with a name, um, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> I got thrown off there. Um, Corey, what do you think about, well, actually, well, Dennis Smith Jr. kind of played well for them, right? But no, but how do you feel about Sasser? He's a, he's the top guy left on my board. Mm. I mean, with what you just talked about, right? Bringing in a good player, Sasser, I think, is going to be a really good player. Um, going to be physical on the de- defensive end, can shoot it. Um, how do you feel about Marcus Sasser? I love Marcus Sasser. High volume three point shooter. Um, really smart, heady defender. Can fit in the backcourt with Lamelo. Uh, I mean, you know, this is a guy who I think when yeah. we look back, you're like, oh, weird. Marcus Sasser's played on a bunch of winning teams in his career who would who would ever th- uh, saw that coming based on how his college career went uh doesn't really ever turn the ball over as one of the tightest handles um yeah i think that this is a guy that specifically with that fit like there's a really good landing spot given that victor Wembanyama is going to clean up a lot of the defensive stuff that maybe you worry about because he's a smaller guard 
Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing for me is the the winning stuff. I mean, this team hasn't won a lot recently, and um, bringing him him in to play with Lamelo, I think, is great. And also, like, let's be honest, like Lamelo's had his injury stuff too. So bringing in a guy like Sasser to, you know, be able to handle the ball and make decisions when he's out, um, if he's out, I should say if, uh, if he's out, um, I I think I feel really good about grabbing Sasser here. Yeah, and he's a high character guy. Bingo. All things that a team with a new owner is going to want to have in that locker room. Great pick, guys. Good job with the hat trick. Don't go anywhere. Y'all are coming right back. In the meantime, there's been a hot tag for Nathan and Maxwell picking again for the Utah Jazz, where Utah has already taken Bryce Sensabaugh. Utah has already taken Kobe Bufkin. Now we just got to figure out who Nathan and Maxwell have them taking next. Gentlemen, let's do them right. Who, who do we got? We've made a few funky picks so far. If we're going to keep that train rolling, we we are going to go Leonard Miller from the G League Ignite okay. for the Utah Jazz. So Maxwell, talk to everyone about Leonard Miller and and why he's risen up not just your board but also my board as well. Yeah, because it's because it's really not a funky pick. This guy played in a pro league. Is a guy who's 18, 19 years old and averaged 17 and 10. Uh, his motor is absurd. He got way better from point A to point B. As far as his defense, his consistency as a decision maker and passer, his turnover rate went down throughout the year. He just produces bottom line. His motor does not shut off. He is a true, true worker on the glass. He rim runs hard. He runs back on defense. He's going to do every single little thing that you want him to do on a basketball court. And he's going to annoy the other team because you have to play as hard as he does, or he's going to make you pay for it. And I think a guy like that is just going to energy his way onto the floor and play minutes. But we also like the fit a lot as far as what he can bring to them in terms of lineup versatility. So I'll let you get into that. Exactly. So Leonard can play at the four spot alongside another big a la a Walker Kessler, for example, right? He can develop some high low game. I won't completely rule out him being this, this sort of really weird inverted pick and roll type ball handler as well. I think he's shown some of that ability in the open court and I expect him to keep developing the half court. But then as a as a backup five man, I think he's absolutely going to grow into that type of role. He's going to keep getting bigger and stronger. He's still really young. And is he the type of guy you want as a primary rim protector for 40 minutes? No, but like 20, like 16 to 20 minutes a night, can he play that backup five role for you? He absolutely can. So just the, the amount of lineups he can fit into, as well as just the type of player he is as a playmaking big man, as coined by, by Synergy Sports, shout out to Synergy. Why mm. wouldn't you want a guy like Leonard Miller at this point on your roster as a top nine, top 10 rotation piece? Yeah, excellent way to round out the first round for the rebuilding Utah Jazz. They just keep adding player after player. I love the selection. The G League Ignite have had their their top three players get taken. And with that being said, we're going to go back to the Indiana Pacers who are picking again and picking for them again are my friends from the Draft Deck Show. Fellas, who do we got them taking? Corey, I, I just feel like realistically there's no way indiana takes all three uh like uses all three picks here i'm sure they trade out you know one of these for i don't know one of the, one of the teams that doesn't have a first round pick but I, i'm looking at their bigs i know they have miles turner but i, I don't think jalen smith or ijax um should be stopping us from looking at bigs mm -hmm. um i was looking at guys like james naji um Adembona, mm -hmm. noah Clowney. um I, I think those are some good options considering we already gave them two bigger wings um and you know they have smaller guards and all that stuff so and maybe adding a big here i thought with their third pick if that were to ever happen in real life would be a good idea yeah i think um i think naji is definitely 
the guy that if I was going to go big, he's the guy that I have in my mind. Um, I, I personally, I, I love Najee. I, I love, you know, how sh- he's so young. Like he's 18. He's one of the youngest players in the draft. He's an absolute freak athlete. He's a, a, a lob threat. He, he can get down the floor. He reminds me a little bit of, of Jalen Duran. Um, he's playing on one of the best teams in the world. You know, and so he's not playing a ton of minutes, but he just moves. Mm. He's strong. He's explosive. And if you're pairing this kid with uh, uh, the right point guard, yeah, it's going to accentuate his strengths in all of the ways that you would want. So I, I think Najee here, um, he's been underrated throughout this entire draft cycle. He's playing in the Euro League at the kind of speed that you could be like, all right, this kid, he can play at the NBA speed he is going to be able to understand NBA offense um he's going to be able to fit in all of the athletic traits this is a, a steal for for the Pacers here and I think that if you know he's available here and maybe, maybe the Pacers do use all of their picks yeah maybe this, they do um but I mean the physical physicality with him the athleticism he, he's going to be able to play in the NBA pretty quickly um and like we mentioned it's not like they've got these you know lights out options with the bigs right now I, I think it's totally feasible that they take him yep i love the pick fellas great job picking for the indiana pacers who look like they might be making a little playoff noise next year if if it goes the way it does today um wrapping up the first round are the los angeles clippers via the milwaukee bucks and we got to tag back in the draft deeper duo of nathan and maxwell gentlemen who do we have the los angeles clippers taking so maxwell and i were going a little bit back and forth about this one um we actually have the opportunity to draft a player who's fallen down the board quite a bit very similarly to a gg jackson or nick smith jr in relation to where they were preseason we have an opportunity to take Derek whitehead from duke and i think we're going to do that maxwell why do we like Derek whitehead uh well i don't know that we like Derek white no i'm just uh sort of (laughs) whoa so so Derek. I think you are hoping this is an aj griffin situation and when i say that i mean that like he he had some moments of like bounce off of one foot when you go back into the high school film and he really struggled to finish the rim in college. So the one thing he did show is he can really make jump shots from three. So you hope that that's good. And that some of that athleticism, some of that juice and some of the stuff that is Metcalf has mentioned before, like early in high school, he had some good defensive film. You hope that you can just get him, put him in a low pressure environment and just get him slowly working his way back, round out the rest of that game, and, and go from there. So um, he can really shoot. He can really, really make shots, and he had some mid-range prowess before. You just hope that taking the pressure off him a little bit, giving him that time, uh, can kind of get him back going again. Yeah, I love the pick, guys. So that wraps up the first round. Don't go anywhere, because Nathan and Maxwell, you guys are back on the clock for the second round with the deputy commissioner, who is also me. Um, we are going to be picking for the Detroit Pistons. Guys, you have done a great job. They got um, Scoot Henderson early on. Where do the Pistons go now? So we gave the Pistons a guard early on, and, and I know that this team desperately needs wing help. They also need defensive help. So if I were a Pistons fan, at this point of the draft at 31, I would be doing backflips if this guy was still available. And in this exercise, he is. Ryan Repair, 
is still on the board mm. out of the New Zealand breakers. And that's exactly where we're going to go. There were a few other names that, that came to our mind in terms of who could be available on the wing at this point of the draft where repair is clearly the best out of all of them still has upside um, a, a, as a potential on ball playmaker slash ball handler. If more comes around, but even if it doesn't, I'm buying the spot up shooting on offense. I'm buying the cutting, the transition ability. And then defensively, this man is a, he is an absolute beast, a monster on the floor physically, right? Six foot seven, six foot eight with a seven foot three reported wingspan somewhere in mm. that neighborhood. I mean, talk about a, a live wire playmaker on the defensive end, a good defensive rebounder. Maxwell, he just cleans up everything for, for what the Pistons could very well need at that position. Yeah. Yeah. I, you said it all, you said it all. Like, that's what I love about him. He'll, he'll, he'll be a young player, but he'll bring a, a mature pro mentality and hopefully he grows into the shot. And if he does, it's, it's a massive, massive skill at this point. Way to round out the roster for the rebuilding Detroit Pistons. And you guys are tagging back in Corey and Albert who are picking again for the Indiana Pacers. So thank you guys for that selection to start us off in the second round. Albert, Corey, long time no see, especially for the Pacers. Who do we got them taking, fellas? It's been a long time. But yes. Corey, she I think... left you. That is step two. Corey, I think I have the perfect I think I have the perfect guy for you, Corey. Um, I, I think this team could use some juice. Not that mm. they don't have juice, but a little like energizer, bunny, you know, yep. microwave, air fryer type of stuff. Uh, I'm thinking Turquavion Smith. Here. Yeah. Considering yeah. the profile of guys we've taken so far. I think he'll bring something different. Uh he's you know, I, I just feel like considering what they have and who we've taken so far, he's the right pick. Yeah. A little bit of firepower. Just come in heat check. When I saw him live, he had nine points in about 27 seconds. So, um, you know, they have the kind of heady, smart Andrew Nebhard type of guys. Let's give him buddy healed 2.0 here and, and get him a little bit of firepower. All right. Yeah. A six man in the, in the wings right there, Albert. I'm sorry. Did I cut, did I cut you off brother? No, not at all. I was just agreeing and um, not really much to add. We've talked so much about the Pacers. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. All right. So Turk Smith adding to the guard depth of the Indiana Pacers. And now the double technical Tyler and Tyler <laughs> of the Friday show is picking again for the San Antonio Spurs. Metcalf Rucker. Where do we have the Popovich is picking? All right, Nick. so I, I I think the the two areas for me that the Spurs really need to improve on is their kind of size and center and interior defense and yes. shooting. So the the three names that come to mind for me um, are the three best available for me as well: um, Adem Bona, Julian Strother, and Trey Alexander. Yeah, I mean, we'd be in a good spot here. I like how the boards fall into us. Um, you know, obviously we got a man at five. So I, I really do think San Antonio would jump all over a potential developmental big that has the tools to be really special, I think, at the next level. Now, obviously, we're still waiting to see if he's going to declare, but we're hoping that it's going to happen. And if he does, I think he could be a riser. But Metcalf, I'm going to throw it back to you because – you love this guy. I love this guy. I felt like we were very much eyeing him the last 10 picks. So what are you thinking? Yeah, and I I, I love the Adembona fit. Um, I, I think he's going to be our pick here. Just his defensive versatility is astounding. Um, his ability to cover ground is some of the best in the country. Super springy, really strong. Gets down in a defensive stance like a guard. The offense obviously needs work, but he doesn't really play outside of himself. So outside of offensive rebounding, rim running, the occasional rip through on the face up, he doesn't really do anything on offense that like makes you really concerned about his fit. So 
as a pick and roll partner, catching lobs from a man, I think that's pretty easy to for him to kind of grow into. And then just the the defensive upside with him is really, really exciting. I, I, I just the last thing to add, I think if the Spurs for Spurs fans out there, they've been asking us a lot of questions. They're passionate about this lottery, this draft. If you left right now with a men Thompson and Bona, that is a scary amount of power, explosiveness, and athleticism and defensive upside yeah. that mm-hmm. you're all of a sudden throwing into what they've got cooking there. So it would be a home run. I'd be giving out high fives in the war room with Metcalf right now. Yeah, Keldon, Keldon Johnson and Jeremy Suhan are excited to go to war with those two guys. Great pick, gentlemen. Uh, we'll transition away from the San Antonio Spurs back to the Charlotte Hornets, who have made two really good picks by two really good dudes. Welcome back, guys. Who do we have them picking? You know, I'm I'm thinking that we go wing for them, and they're going to be a high-powered offense. Sure. We, we already got them a big-time three-point shooter. LaMelo's a big-time three-point shooter. I say we get him another big-time three-point shooter. I think we take Julian Strother. Hell yeah. Oh, so, Corey, I, I love that. I'm not opposed to it, but I have a counter. Okay. Um, They have JT Thor and Kai Jones, and I don't know how much they Who? love those guys. Exactly. Bingo. <laughs> what if they looked at Clowney here? Um, Do you mm. hate that? Because I feel like that, I mean, after you've grabbed, but I get it. Like we took Victor and Saster, so grabbing a wing here would be great. But also wondering if like a four-ish type of guy there with some shooting upside could be an interesting look as well. Well, here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that Victor is their four. Okay, then. Because Mark Williams is their five. Yes, sure. And with that kind of rim protection, I want this offense... (sighs) To hum, baby. I want to be in the driver's seat. I want to be jacking up threes. Uh, let it fly, cool. team. That's what. That's where they're at. Call in Mike Miller. Um, yeah, I. I think that they have their big position set, and you know, I'm not saying that there's not room for uh, a, a big off the bench, but let's get let's shootings a premium. Sure. Shooting sure. a premium. I love Strother too, so let, I'm good with that. Let's go Strother. Fun league pass team right there. Appreciate the lift shout out. That was really awesome. Great picking by you two. We got to bring the Tylers back on because the Boston Celtics via the Portland Trailblazers, the man's got the shirt on and the hat. Let's go. Who are you passing the hat to, Rucker? Metcalf, uh, I I think that we're just going to let Rucker make this pick. No, no, Metcalf could start it (laughs) off and I'll take this one home. I'm I'm pretty pumped. Beantown, baby. Brad Stevens going to work. Metcalf, start it off. No, sorry. I I think we we were talking before that Adem Bona would be a really nice fit here as a kind of Robert Williams backup and insurance given his health. Um, but where this team is kind of headed, what what do you see as the biggest need? I th- I think you got to build out the the depth. You know, obviously the Bona would have been a dream, and I think if Boston is smitten on him they you know stevens has shown he's not afraid to go up and i think it wouldn't be out of the question for him to go up and target a big to get some depth um you know al horford's been sensational but he's getting up there um but you now you got to find some strategic guys that you're not hoping are going to become you know your fifth or sixth guy but if they can come in and and help you in a specific area you'd love that um strother going right ahead of us was a that just a backbreaker because i feel like mm. he would have been a perfect yep. fit um so i'm gonna i'm gonna give my hat tip to to Corey and albert for taking my guy but i'm gonna go in another direction metcalf that i think 
They're going to be proud of us. I think this fit would be a classic Stevens pick. And I'm going to go Jaime Jaquez because I think his ability to play smart, intelligent basketball, rebound the ball, you add that type of mentality. And I still think Jaime is going to be a guy that plays a long time at the next level. That's a great little asset you're adding in your depth. So obviously they could go in a number of different directions, but I think Jaime Jaquez with his, you know, intelligence and he doesn't need to be force fed. Obviously he was at UCLA, but he, he's a smart player that understands how to make the extra pass, how to play inside a system. I'd like that fit. Perfect. Love it. All right. Well, don't go anywhere guys, because you are picking again for the Orlando magic who you guys had taking Cam Whitmore and Grady Dick. So how do the magic make this team even better? Good, right, good I, switch of the hat there, switch. too. Had to switch. <laughs> like, I can't be biased now. But um, Metcalf, what are you thinking here for Orlando? I got, I got one name for you. Um, okay. What about Mike Miles? Yeah. That, I mm. Literally, the last four picks were my big board for pretty much everything. So I think, woo, adding Mike Miles to Orlando, if we're leaving this draft with Grady Dick, Cam Whitmore, and Mike Miles, that is a serious surge of mentality that we want to add to that organization, that locker room. Obviously the backcourt has a lot of dogs in it, but I think you get Mike miles potentially to be a a change of pace guard. I mean, you can't pass that up. I would absolutely love that addition. So if you want to go forward with that, I'm, I'm all on board. Lock it in, lock it in. All right. There you go. Lock it. It's it's in there. It's in there. It's great. It's fun. All right, guys. Thanks for the back-to-back picks. We're going to another set of back-to-back picks with Nick picking for the Sacramento King. And he's got the hat on. We're keeping the tradition alive here. Nick, great pick earlier with City Sissoko. How do you make your Kings happy again? I cannot hear you. Okay, there we go. Uh There we go. My bad. I did not pull out the hat for the last pick, but once Rucker did it for the Celtics pick, I felt kind of obligated here. I am going to go with someone who I actually considered for the Kings earlier, but thought that was going to be way too rich for everybody else's blood. It's definitely not now. And the things that the King, the thing that the Kings have needed the most this season has been a backup center who can fulfill at least some of the responsibilities that Demonis Sabonis fulfills to the offense. So I'm going to go with Deron Holmes out of Dayton here. He's someone who, most of his offense this season came via the post-up. That's not going to be how he plays in the NBA. The parts that I think are really valuable about his potential NBA fit are his complementary skills on offense. He's a really good passing big man, exceptional cutter, really great in transition. And on the defensive end, he also provides a shot-blocking presence, which the Kings have not really had that much from their big men. Nimish Keda is a shot-blocker when he's played, but he played very limited minutes for the Kings. I think with Holmes, you get someone who can be an effective backup big man right away. And furthermore, be a backup big man in a similar enough mold to Tabana Sabonis that the offense doesn't fall apart without Sabonis on the floor. I, I love it, man. I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense. Holmes has taken a little spill down boards lately, but it's good to see that you're holding on to hope there. And holding on to hope are the Oklahoma City Thunder, hoping that you're going to make their team even more stacked than it already is. So, Nick, who do we got them taking? Do you need got to take your hat off? Yeah, okay. there we go. Right. Okay. There we go. Slightly <laughs> disastrous hair situation, but that's my life. So that's just how it is. All right. So for the Thunder here, you know, we discussed this with my Thunder pick earlier, but, you know, they really do lack size. So I definitely am trying to sort of think size options here. And I'm going to go, hmm. 
Toronto. You know what? I think I'm going to go with Noah Clowney here. You know, he doesn't really fit the same mold of what I was saying earlier of, you know, super highly skilled players. You know, there's definitely some rawness to Noah Clowney's game. But I think when you're talking about, you know, someone who can come in and be a big man, you know, fill in for the Thunder, his shot is, you know, developing. If he can really get on a quicker development track with his shot, then it'll be even easier to see him fitting into the Thunder rotation. But you know, ultimately, this is a Thunder team on the rise. And with someone in Clowney, they can bring him along slowly. And if he, you know, ends up being really successful, he can take over, say, you know, some of Jalen Williams minutes, some of Jeremiah Robinson Earl's minutes. But even if it does take him a little bit longer to come around, the Thunder definitely have the pieces to allow him to develop slowly. Yeah, and he can even serve as a backup for Chet Holmgren as well a little bit um, if he plays some forward there, too. So, Great picks by you. We got to go back to Charlotte now, picking for the Charlotte Victor Wimbenyamas is, I think, an appropriate uh, team name for them now. And we got to bring back on our draft act brothers. We got to bring on Corey and Albert to pick for the Hornets again. We got the Vicks. Um, the fighting Vicks. The, the Vic Vapor Rev. Um, Corey, I have an idea here. This go team, it. I think a lot of these guys are not going to be back next season. And um, I've got a guy who has a very similar physical build uh, to Gordon Hayward that I'd like to add to the squad. And he is someone you and I love very dearly and is very high on both of our boards. And he's still there. So Jaime Hawkins Jr. Albert. He has already been gone, man. He's yeah. Gone. He, he went to Boston. I, I yeah. No, the Celtics took him um, a couple of picks ago. But I'm going to give you – I'm going to throw it to you as as – bringing up a couple of guys we have a a a really fun team full of shooters you know we are the big man we were considering last pick just got taken let's get a game wrecker let's get a game breaker i'm gonna give you two names two guys that i know you love jalen clark or andre jackson okay pick your favorite child let's go jalen clark i have him higher um I think was like the best perimeter defender in college. If not, yeah. Pac-12 defensive player of the year. Give me Jalen Clark. Uh, I'll go Jalen. Let's go Jalen Clark. I love the pick, fellas. All right, so we got to tag Nick back in. He is picking two times again, this time for the Denver Nuggets via the Dallas Mavericks. So, Nick, um, you have your hat off. You're ready to pick for the Nuggets. Who do you have them taken? Man, this is a difficult selection for me. How do you pick for the team that essentially has everything, right? <laughs> you know, this is the yeah. top team in the Western Conference. You know, there aren't too many holes to fill. But ultimately, I think I'm going to go with Julian Phillips here for the Nuggets. I think he's someone who, you know, has really strong defensive potential. And, you know, his offense in terms of his scoring on the ball and especially in terms of his shooting aren't all the way there, but he's a great cutter. He's exceptional in transition. So I think he'll fit in really well with Nikola Jokic and the Nuggets offensive system. You know, he's going to be mostly relied upon on the defensive end. And then offensively, you know, really, if he can just be like a fifth guy out there, you know, clean up guy, offensive rebounds, cuts, transition plays. I think that'll work out really well for him. It'll allow him to sort of come along slowly in terms of his shot. But, you know, in terms of the sort of complimentary stuff, other than, you know, that shooting element, he provides a lot of things that could be really helpful to Denver. Yeah, I love it. It's just another defender when you got guys um, like Murray and Porter Jr. And Jokic on your team, you need defenders. And Phillips might be the highest upside defender left on the board. And now we will teleport from Denver to Washington, where you had them taking Case and Wallace earlier. Who do we have him taking this time? 
yeah, this is this is going to be tough. This Wizards team could use a lot of help in a lot of different areas. Ultimately, I'm going to go with someone who I'm a little lower on than I know some people at No Ceilings have been, but I think he's someone who, you know, again, fits into the idea of can fill a lot of gaps, can do a lot of different things for a team. I'm going to go with Jalen Wilson here for the Washington Wizards. You know, his shot sort of fell off a bit down the stretch of the season, but he's someone who showed that, you know, he can he can hit shots on occasion. And, you know, I buy into the defense. I buy into some of the playmaking flashes he's shown this year. I think he can be a solid gap-filling multi-position rotation player for a Wizards team that, you know, needs particular help in the backcourt, but I've already helped them out there with Case and Wallace. So, you know, they have pretty solid wings. I think Jalen Wilson can really help out their forward rotation. Yeah, I, I love that pick a lot, man. And picking a guy who went far, far in the tournament this late in the draft is, is not a bad move at all. So uh, it looks like the Charlotte Victor Wimbanyamas are back on the board again. So that means that Nick is tagging in Albert and Corey. <laughs> are you guys having fun? I'm having fun. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, who's, um, who's not having fun? Fun, fun. <laughs> this um, is fun. Corey, we we've drafted about I don't know uh, forty six <laughs> players uh, to this yep. team already. So I was thinking, what if we get a draft and stash guy, or maybe he's not a stash guy. I don't know. Jurisic, what do you think about that one? Yeah, I think that that that's a a pretty good pick. I'm We're fine smart. with the stash. I'm fine We're with the stash. I, I I'm still a Jurisic Jurisic uh, believer. Um, I I think he's going to end up shooting it. I like his form. He's got playmaking feel, and we can let him develop on uh, someone else's dime for now. Perfect. There you go. Very smart and economically savvy move for the Charlotte Victor Wimben Yamas. The Portland Trailblazers v. the Atlanta Hawks are back on the board. Nathan and Maxwell have done a good job drafting for them so far. I'm sure that they're going to keep the streak going. Nathan, Maxwell, who do you guys have them taking? It's just me. Matt Maxwell okay. unfortunately had the jet out, but I, I am partnerless yet. However... I'm, I'm right capable. here, Nathan. I'm right here. <laughs> I'm still <laughs> capable of making a great pick for the Blazers. And as I have said with multiple picks we've made during this mock exercise, I'm once again running up to the podium to take a guy. We don't know 100% as of recording this if he's going to be in the draft. But if he is, I'm surprised he's lasted this long. That would be Jordan Walsh out of Arkansas. So Portland, we've already taken Taylor Hendricks. We added an upside swing wing in Max Lewis. Why not take another guy, Jordan Walsh, who you know him as a potential defensive stopper, right? Mm -hmm. Lockdown, on ball, off ball. But I think he has some real slashing ability, some secondary playmaking upside. And the comfort level he showed on the spot-up shot, especially later in the season in the SEC tournament and in the NCAA tournament, I'm buying him as a guy who can continue to develop and turn into a starter at 6'8 with, with a massive body, massive wingspan. Let's, let's take Jordan Walsh. I love it. Portland is rounding out their rotation with some dogs on the defensive side of the ball here. And I love that pick. Good job, Nathan. So we will tag in Tyler and Tyler from the Friday show picking again for the San Antonio Spurs via the Raptors. Gentlemen, I feel like I have an idea where one of you want to go, but I'm interested to see who you pick. All right, Rucker, I, I got I got two names for you. Feel free to throw it in a direction if you hate them both. So the last guy who I have a first-round grade on uh, provides really good shooting, improved as an on-ball creator, really smart and versatile defender, Trey Alexander, or mm. for an organization who is known for their structure and organization and discipline, we can throw a bit of chaos into it with Andre Jackson. 
Does it, I whew, like both of them a lot. Um, you know, I, I think they would go Trey. I think they would lean that route because you get a smart little combo guard that really, I think, could make some momentum up these. Obviously, another guy we're waiting for the official tag if he's declaring, but I think Trey could make some noise and be a desired kind of guard depth with upside to be a really, really good player who could play it a long time. And I think, again, I mean, Spurs having a dream draft. As much as I love me some Andre Jackson, I think having a man in Andre, you might be like, well, okay, we really are throwing chaos with, <laughs> with that shot. So I think Trey adds some depth to your backcourt, get a nice little combo piece in the rotation. And, and we're filling out the roster. We're adding some really good players. I know they took a lot of guards last year. I know Spurs fans, but got to attack the board right now and just take who you believe in. Yep. The floor spacing with uh, Alexander is going to be much needed in San Antonio. Good pick guys. So now we have the Minnesota or excuse me, the Memphis Grizzlies via the Minnesota Timberwolves uh, on the board right now. And Corey and Albert, you guys are back on picking for the Grizzlies. Albert, I want to throw a wild card at you. I, if you're thinking of the same guys I am, we're, this is crazy. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, I think the Grizzlies are in a position now where, they don't really need this pick probably nor expect it to contribute. And I want to take a little bit of a project, but one that I really liked uh, in the preseason, one that I think has really great measurables, um, a lot of skills uh, played off of um, a lottery pick this year. And I think is, is going to be a guy who is going to look better in the NBA than maybe we saw in college down the line. Uh, Mr. Clintman out of Wake Forest. I love it. Okay. The sweet freak. The sweet freak. I I like this one a lot. I was actually going to throw somebody else at you because I know you love him. Oh, well, maybe love is a strong word, but I was like, <laughs> what what are we like? You know, what are we lacking on this team? What if we threw a giant on this team that like is <laughs> really efficient and huge, uh, and would be a little bit different from you know, the profile of bigs that they have? Just what about Zach Eady? Mm. Um, was who I wanted to throw in there? I you know. I like that too because you know we've seen how big of an influence that uh, Stephen Adams has had on that team and and how much they've struggled at times when he's been off the floor. I, I like that direction. Edie could probably as a guy maybe they can find a role to rely on and getting him here. I'm with it. Let's take Zach Edie. Okay. Right on. All right, Zach Edie is now off the board, much to a lot of people's dismay. At 45, we got to get the Tylers back in picking for Atlanta who already took Anthony Black earlier in the draft. Gentlemen, how do we make A-Town happy? Metcalf, I'm, I'm all ears. All right, so the, the, the two names that I'm leaning towards um, are experienced, they're versatile, and they defend. Andre Jackson, Kevin McCuller. Um, I, I think I'm leaning a little more towards Kevin McCuller. I think he's arguably the best team defender in this entire draft class, um, insane defensive hands, really smart passer, good rebounder, good cutter. And I buy that he'll be able to make corner threes um, more consistently than he has in college. Those are the kind of the two names that stand out to me right now. Yeah, I, I think Atlanta is still in a position where the roster has so many questions of like, okay, we have a lot of really interesting talent all over the place, but what are we trying to do moving forward? Maybe this is an off season where they have some movement and I'm not talking about just, you know, the ridiculous Trey young rumors and stuff like that. Maybe they're just trying to clear it up and get more in a vision. 
I think I'd go McCuller here with you um, just because I think at this point of draft, just find, find value, find a guy that you might mm. have on your roster in five years. And, and McCuller just seems like a guy who's going to make winning plays all the time. He's going to impact in so many different areas. We know how their defense is like Atlanta. I feel like we need to keep adding some defensive potential, some upside. Um, I'm excited. I think it's going to be a big off season for the Hawks. So you, you leave here and you get Anthony black and McCuller. I know everyone's gonna be like guards galore. It's like, yeah, just get some guys who can hoop and we'll figure everything out. You know, I, I like it. I love the pick guys bringing in some more defense to help out the Atlanta Hawks. Good pick by you guys. We are now going from a town to Hollywood. The Los Angeles Lakers are back on the clock, which means that we got to get our guy, Nick back in here. So Nick, you had them taking Jordan Hawkins earlier. Who do the Lakers get here? I'm a bit annoyed because I was going to select Kevin McCullough here and the Tylers took him off the board immediately before that. So fantastic. Incredibly Thanks, rude. Guys. Incredibly rude. Just, just ridiculous. But instead, because I now have the opportunity to do this, I am going to select someone who has fallen off quite a bit in terms of draft stock since the start of the season. But I think is a worthwhile flyer for the Lakers to take here. I'm going to go with Dylan Mitchell out of Texas. I think okay. he is someone who has an extremely limited offensive game, but that matters a lot less in Los Angeles with LeBron running the show than it would in many other places for many other teams. I think that he's someone who can be a positive defender sooner rather than later. And I think the Lakers have enough other pieces on the wing. They can sort of bring him around slowly, but you know, if he ends up being anything close to the you know projected top 10 level of pick that he was heading into the season, then this would be a steal for the Lakers. And, you know, if it doesn't work out, they're taking him 47. So it's not too much skin off their back if it doesn't work. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Dylan Mitchell here for the Lakers. I, I love that pick, man. I mean, even though he's fallen out of a lot of people's boards in general, I mean, sometimes it's just a matter of situation and fit. And Mitchell could end up being a could end up being a good asset for the Lakers. So we are now transitioning from the Lakers to the Cleveland Cavaliers via the Golden State Warriors. Corey and Albert are coming back up right here, and they will be picking for the Cavaliers. Who do we got, guys? All right. This is a, this was a tough one, yeah. Albert. Yeah. Um, Corey, can I give you the two top names I have left on my board? Yeah. Uh, Kaluma and Pods. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe um another name that i was thinking ricky council maybe um i don't know what what direction are you thinking you know i i really wanted them to have a like a a a real shooter at the small forward position is what i really wanted to target but i don't feel like (sighs) we have that on the board anywhere and and considering that we don't have that i don't want to try to reach for something but um i do think pods is interesting because You know, uh, even if he does measure in a, a little bit shorter than we'd like, right now he is listed at six five. He was wildly productive in just about any advanced statistic. Um, super heady, intelligent player. And at this part of the draft, I mean, if you miss on him, that's fine, right? If if it turns out the physicality does uh, kind of get to him, but they're a team that obviously wants to compete for a championship. So, Hey, if he comes in and he could play a a role off the bench as a backup guard who can, you know, play on or off the ball next to their guards, I think that's, you know, a a good pick and they can attack the small forward position in free agency. Yeah. I mean, second highest guy left on my board, so I'm not going to fight you on. I think it's a good pick. Yep. BPA is never a uh, bad route to go at this point in the draft gentlemen. Good pick. So 
We're going to call my guy Nathan back up, who took Dariq Whitehead for the Los Angeles Clippers earlier. Very interested, Nathan, to see who you have the Clippers taking here at 49. So the Clippers made a swing. They they went with Russell Westbrook to, to kind of bring in for the second half of the season. And then at the guard spot, you have Terrence Mann, who can play some backup point guard. You have guys like Jason Preston, Bones Highland still in the mix. Are we sure any of those are long-term answers at the point guard nope. position, though? I don't think so. So why not take a swing on an L.A. guy? Just played his freshman season for UCLA and declared. How about Amari okay. Bailey for the Clippers right. at 49? Why not? If he works out, he's a six foot five potential pick and roll guard, crafty playmaker, crafty scorer in the mid range. The three point shot got better towards the end of the season. And then I do think he's going to be able to do enough defensively to hold on at his position. So one of these guys who he was like a top 25 recruit coming into the season, one of these guys the Clippers could look and go, this is too much value for us to pass up at 49 hometown kid. We, we know the, the evaluation. We know we're going to get in Bailey. Why not pick him at 49? That makes a ton of sense to me, man. I think that depending on what his status is, he might rise up boards more and more quickly, but great job by you picking for the Clippers, getting Amari Bailey. We have the Oklahoma city thunder up next via the Miami heat. Nick has done a great job picking for the rebuilding retooling and competing thunder like all at the same time nick how do we have them rounding it out this is difficult <clears throat> i've already taken some big man depth for the thunder in noah Clowney, but i think i'm going to keep that train rolling give them a, another you know big man to add to the rotation again this is a very small rotation size wise so you know any sort of size upgrade would be helpful for them here i'm going to go with someone who's fallen down boards a bit since you know the last couple months of the season or so but i still think he's good value here i'm going to go with azulis tabellus out of arizona okay. i think that he's someone who you know, again, can fill a lot of gaps for them as a big man. You know, he's really good in transition for someone his size. You know, the shot is iffy, but it's there. I think I probably still buy into Tubelis' shooting more than Clowney's at this point, especially in the shorter term. So, you know, I think it's a reasonable flyer for the Thunder to take. They really could use size even with Chet Holmgren coming back. So I'm going to add to their big man stable and take Azulis Tubelis. Nothing wrong with that, man. Great selection by you. All right, now we're going to go from the Thunder to the Brooklyn Nets, where we had the two, the two Tylers pick two consecutive picks for them earlier. How do we have the Nets leaving the draft, gentlemen? All right, Metcalf. We Brooklyn's got what? We got Gigi and uh, TJD. So yep. I feel pretty mm -hmm. good about that haul so far. What are you thinking? I was I was sort of eyeing potentially adding to that backcourt. I know we're later in the draft, but it seems like there's some guys on here that I wouldn't be shocked if they stick around. What are you thinking? Yeah, and I, I would like to kind of add to that point guard depth, um, get a guy who doesn't really need the ball. Uh, the shot has improved throughout his time in college, really experienced, really good defender. Um, I'm leaning Reese Beekman. Let's do it. Okay. Beekman from Virginia, a good uh, combo guard who – had been ranked higher on boards early on in the year. Great selection by you two. All right, so we're leaving the Brooklyn Nets, going down to the Phoenix Suns, where Nathan will be picking for them, who, interestingly enough, just made a trade earlier in the year, if nobody knew that, um, with the Brooklyn Nets. Nathan, who do we have the Suns taking? 
So my last pick, I, I've got to live up to the name of our show, Stephen. I'd have to go draft deeper. Well, you so, got Yep. Okay. You're right. Yep. The last one. Yep. <laughs> last one for me. So once upon a time, the Phoenix Suns took a swing on an older spot up shooter in the lottery in Cam Johnson, and they were ridiculed for that pick. However, it proved to be a great pick for them. And now the Brooklyn Nets have even found that, that he could be a useful piece for them to, to build around long-term or potentially move depending on how free agency shakes around. So I'm going to go same same type of pick here at 52, introduce a little bit of age into okay. this draft. What about Seth Lundy out of Penn State? Okay. Six, six right. shooting wing. Listen, guy is efficient from almost everywhere on the floor. His shot chart is a major red, 93rd percentile on jump shots, 88th on catch and shoot shots, took over six threes a game, made 40% of them, can finish when he gets to the basket, and he can move the ball when he's pushed off of his spot. So, Give me an experienced guy who can come off the bench, maybe help the Phoenix Suns hit some spot-up shots, continue to win some games next season. Adding some more wing depth that have uh, shooting. That's how they landed Kevin Durant in the first place. They got to re restock the chest there. So good pick by your part. We're going to go back to the Tylers. Uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves via the New York Knicks are on the clock. Metcalf, who do we have your Minnesota Timberwolves taking? So my, my heart really wants me to uh, go one direction, but th this team really needs scoring off the bench and shooting off the bench. And the two kind of names that I keep going to are Demoy Hodge, um, just mm. insane spot up shooting numbers this year. Awesome defensive playmaking numbers. And then a little more of kind of a, a deeper cut Jalen Forbes from Tulane. Uh, 87th percentile overall in jump shots, 94th percentile shooting off the dribble. I think I'm leaning that direction because he provides that on-ball, off-ball shooting combination that the Timberwolves bench is really lacking. Who knows what's going to happen with Jalen Noel next year since he's a free agent this summer. I think I'm leaning Jalen Forbes. I'm going with you, Metcalf. This is your team. I like both of those guys a lot. Um, I think Hodge is one of those names that he's he's starting to trend in the right direction. I think you got to, at this point of the draft, throw the eight out of the window. But I think Forbes is also very impressive. So I'm, it's your team, baby. We're, we're letting you trust it. You're the GM here. I'm the assistant. So if you want to roll the dice with one of those guys, if you want to go with Forbes, let's do it. Lock it in. All right, guys. All right, lock it in. <laughs> Good pick. Great drafting overall by you two today. That was y'all's last pick for this exercise. Pleasure is always working with you two fine gentlemen. Now we are going to Sacramento, where Nick is picking again for the Kings and the Hats back. Who do we have the Kings taking, man? So I feel that this is an incredibly strange situation because it literally hasn't happened in 16 years. But the Sacramento Kings are in the playoffs and they have a really solid rotation so they can afford to take a chance on someone who might not necessarily be available in year one, but is the highest remaining player on my board and could really help out a defense that has struggled. I'm going with Jalen Clark out of UCLA here. Uh, Jalen Clark has already been taken. I don't I think he has. Say. Jalen Forbes has been taken. No, Jalen Clark was taken 39th overall by the uh, Charlotte Hornets. Oh, why did I not mark that? I apologize, Corey I and Albert. Know. Of course, of course, I would screw up the draft at the very end. Apologies to everybody. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so given that that is actually not an option that I can choose, 
uh, I will go instead with someone who the Tylers discussed at the previous pick in Du Bois Hodge. I think he's Excellent. someone who can be a real shooting benefit for this team. And again, given the defensive struggles, Du Bois Hodge is an excellent defender who really can get the team out in transition, get them running. And, you know, the Kings offense doesn't have as many transition opportunities as you might think, given how, you know, run and gun their offense can be at times. I think Hodge can help them get out on the break more, help out their shooting, and, you know, be a really solid piece for them on both ends. So given that my first pick was invalid because I'm an idiot, I'm going to go with a pick that actually is valid and go with Demoy Hodge here for the Kings. Demoy Hodge is a valid player and valid Terrence Davis insurance as well. So great pick on your part there. The Indiana Pacers are back on the clock via the Cleveland Cavaliers. So we got to get Corey and Albert come in and make this pick and the next one but we're, we're gonna we're gonna stick with indy fellas who do we have them taking man um i'm gonna give uh indiana a i'm gonna throw in a wild card i'm gonna throw in naquan tomlin dude okay that's exactly who i was gonna say perfect, perfect. yeah long jonathan bender vibes let's bring it back do it let's do it a second time Okay, I, I love that pick, guys. So now the Memphis Grizzlies are on the clock. You guys have drafted very well from them so far. Who do we have uh, the Grizzlies taking here? I want to go back. We we tried to do it the first time. I'm gonna the Swede freak. Let's go, uh, Bobby Clinton. Clinton. Sure, sure. No fight for me. Lock it in. Now we have two Wake Forest guys. Good. There we go. Love it. Good good pick on your guys' part and great drafting overall. Though That was your last selection. So now we have to go to Nick for the Washington Wizards. Um, the first of his two consecutive picks that he is making. Washington has drafted well, Nick. Who do you have him um, leaving with? So I'm going to try and select someone that has not already been selected this time. Uh, hopefully I don't mess that up. Always but, a good strategy. for Yeah, draft, usually yeah. usually tends to work. But I'm going to go with someone that you and I actually talked about very recently. I'm going to go with Arthur Kaluma out of Creighton here. Okay. He's someone who, you know, had some lottery buzz heading into the year. And, you know, as we talked about recently on Deep Dives, had a not spectacular but solid season for Creighton. And, you know, I think he's someone where – if the shot comes around, if he can continue to improve his frequency, you know, at getting to the free throw line, he's someone who can contribute in a lot of different areas for this Wizards team. You know, a bit of forward size for them. You know, they're pretty set at shooting guard. So, you know, their their big man depth is iffy, I guess. But I think that Kaluma ultimately has the highest upside of anyone left on the board. So I'm going to go with him here for the Wizards. All right, well, don't run away because you're making the last pick of this draft, number 58 to the Milwaukee Bucks. Nick, how do we have the Bucks? Is it, this was their only pick of the draft, so how, how are you going to make them happy? Their only pick of the draft, yeah. That's <laughs> kind of wild to think about. You know, yeah. I'm going to go sort of similarly here with someone whose draft stock has been a lot higher at times than it is now, but... Ultimately, with Milwaukee, I think this is a squad that can help someone like this reach their best potential. I'm going to go with Imani Bates here. You know, very, very controversial, both on and off the court, if we're being entirely honest here. But, you know, he's someone who has shown the kind of scoring upside that makes it, you know, pretty valuable to get him at the 58th overall pick. I mean, you know, if he works out, 
then you know that's someone who you're getting great, great value with the last pick in the draft here. And if he doesn't work out, I mean, this is a Bucks team that recently won a title, was you know the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. They're not a team that will be particularly harmed by the pick not working out, which you know it, you would hope is the case for the very last pick in the draft. But if the upside is there for Imani Bates, then that will look like a really great pick for Milwaukee. And that is a great pick uh, on your part for the Milwaukee Bucks. Thank you so much, Nick. And just want to close out the draft here by saying thank you to everyone who is watching over on No Ceilings TV on the YouTube channel. Be sure to share this link with everybody that you know, um, that you talk shop with at work or at home, whatever the case may be. Go to NoCeilingsNBA.com where you can get great content delivered straight to your inbox at least five times a week. As you can see here on our video, we have the Hoot Summit recap. We have so much uh, content, whether it's think pieces, whether it's player evaluation, whatever the case may be. There's big boards, there's mock drafts, there's player offerings where we take everybody's rank from across the internet and put it to you in one-stop shop. You can't beat that. You can't get there anywhere else. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at NoCeilingsNBA, where we have just gained a big number of followers very recently. Go to our shop which is also being displayed here, which you can get to that on the website, noceilingsnba.com. You can get sweet t-shirts, the draft guides that we have done in the past, the one that we have coming in the future is going to be available there. All kinds of great content at noceilingsnba.com. Follow us on Twitter at noceilingsnba, on all of our socials at noceilingsnba. And we just thank you all so much for rocking with us throughout the year. But you got to stay with us because we're going to finish strong. So thank you all so much for tuning in watching, listening, subscribing, sharing, rating, reviewing, all that fun stuff. It means the world to us. And we will catch up with you all next time. Much love, y'all.